Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. This episode of the Bonus Round, we are celebrating 35 years of The Legend of Zelda with our Zelda Dungeon Recommendations, featuring special guest Dan Rockwood from Victims and Villains. So don't go anywhere. The show starts right now. Welcome to Collateral Gaming Bonus Round. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Zachary Gio. I'm Megan Gomez. And I'm Dan Rockwood. And we are podcasting from uh, a few different places at once. And this is go number two. Here we go. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Number two. Got my trusty little glass. We, we recorded a sizable amount, like maybe 20 minutes into this episode, and then um, my external hard drive decided to disconnect from my computer. So yeah, I learned a lesson about saving the file, these files temporarily locally and then moving them over to the external when I'm done. So <laughs> Thank you, technology. We appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> technology is a beautiful thing, but that's it's a pain the in the ass. Because we have some pretty beautiful stuff to talk about today. We do. But we also have a guest with us. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't you introduce yourself, my friend? We do. Uh, well, hey, everyone. So I am Dan. I'm over here from the Victims and Villains podcast, which I mostly do movie reviews and stuff over there. But I love games. I especially love Zelda. So I am super happy to be here to talk some uh, cool Zelda dungeons with you all today. Heck yeah, man. Uh, it's good to have you. It's good to have more people to talk to about Zelda. It's it's mm-hmm. always fun doing it with Ash or, or with Megan or both or whatever. But when we have new people come in from outside, it's just it's it's really a special experience because this just more we people love guests. that we can Yeah, and we just love games and talking yes. about it adds to the experience and it's a really good time to just sit down with fresh and old faces and just shoot the shit. And it's, it's a really good time. So good we get to talk about it twice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all warmed up now, so you know you'll you'll get the best of us. I'm not a nervous Nelly anymore. I'll tell you what. (laughs) But um, hi, Nelly. Dan, Dan, uh, we recorded with him before when we did the uh, Majora's Mask episode on victims and villains. Uh, We were recording with you and Captain Nostalgia, uh, Megan Mm -hmm. and I, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, We so much fun. Did that shortly before we actually did our Majora's Mask episode. So uh, Dan messaged me recently, and he was like, "Hey, like, are you doing any like Zelda-related episodes?" I was, you know, he listened to our Ghost of Tsushima episode, right? Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Hey, man, I actually I've got this perfect thing that we're gonna do like like next week." And he was like, "Okay, sign me on." So thanks for being on <laughs> on short notice, man. That is awesome, and um, yeah. I'm excited to get into our Zelda dungeons. Um, also, you also kind of have a little bit of a writer gig as well, right? 
That's right. So I am a um, little background on me. So I went to college for writing and journalism, and I'm fortunately able to do that full time. So my day job, I'm a digital editor in digital marketing, so not game related, but it's uh, still get to write and edit words, which is awesome. Um, but I am over doing a uh, as a staff writer kind of freelancing for uh, techraptor.net. And um, that's relatively new. I'm just a couple months in, but I'm doing some fun game reviews and features and am currently working on some cool Legend of Zelda stuff for their uh, anniversary as well. So there's uh, some good stuff coming down that way as well. Yeah, we didn't even really get a chance to talk about the anniversary yet. I, excuse me. <coughs> I expect we'll talk yeah, about it on um, on our future like Collateral Gaming News segment, but obviously mm -hmm. huge news. We watched the Nintendo Direct together, and yep. we got to see the announcement of Skyward Sword HD. Uh Ooh. We're going to have some more to say about that, I think, at a later point. Um, this yeah. episode, we're going to probably try to keep that a little bit concise and get into the meat. Um, for those of you who are not aware, we've mentioned this in the last couple episodes, Zach is actually writing for Zelda Dungeon now. Yes, sir. Nice. Thought I'd throw really that out there again. I, I, feel like, I feel like I need to brag on my boy. <laughs> I appreciate the love. I appreciate the love. <laughs> I know. Y'all are making me want to contact a freaking random gaming website and be like, can I write for you? <laughs> well, if I can if I can get Ash on the train, why can't I get Megan on the train? If you want to, if the like, spirit I, train, I, this, yeah, you're fired. We'll go through the spirit tracks together. <laughs> <laughs> but right. Zelda Dungeon and and you know Zach, obviously you you know more at this point. But I feel just as an observer, they're like one of the definitive online resources for Zelda news, walkthroughs, wikis. Mm -hmm. Like anytime you search anything related to Zelda, a Zelda Dungeon comes up yes. right at the top. They they're very well optimized in that way. Yeah, yeah I definitely, I'm, when I'm uh, going over, like, especially when Ash and I do, like, bonus rounds or, like, whenever we're on victims and villains and stuff, like, I was actually, I didn't even realize it until today because, like, I have stuff bookmarked for the podcast. I was like, oh, my God, I've been going through Zelda Dungeon this whole time, and, like, I didn't even realize <laughs> it until today, and I was like, oh, shit, Zach is writing for Zelda Dungeon. Like, oh, wow. It's really cool. Um, it's, the people are absolutely wonderful. Everybody is just so head over heels for Zelda, and that that is an environment I've always wanted to be in. So it's really cool, and we have uh, Discord meetings every now and then to talk about everything, and just hearing everybody like Zelda, 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 Zelda. It's it's a pretty <laughs> it's it's a pretty wild experience, you know. It's just sometimes you know it's like those TurboTax commercials where all you hear is free, 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 but it's Zelda, oh my Zelda, God. Zelda, Zelda. It's like that. Zelda, it's, Zelda, it's so Zelda. Beautiful. And it's so refreshing being around people like that, and I, I love uh, talking movies and everything I do over at Victims and Villains, but we don't cover games all that often. Uh, E3 is like the one time a year I can really mm. strong arm Josh into being like, we're going to you know cover E3, we're going to do some games. We're talking about uh, this. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. And so having uh, you guys here with a, a full show just committed to gaming and everything, like this is a dream come true, just come like talk video games with, you know, good friends, good people. So it's uh, definitely very happy to be here. You're welcome yeah. anytime, good sir. Mazel tov. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> and, and Ash, something, so I know you've mentioned, because you did a while back that, like, that top 10 dungeon episode. Yeah. And I think, was that, that was just on your own, right? I don't think you had a co-host for that episode. No, that was a solo venture. Um, yeah, some of the Lone Wolf in it. Some of the dungeons that we're going to talk about today actually did did make my list that time, but I made sure to pick new ones for, for my list this time, of course. 
Um, so I think uh, I think you released that episode. It must have been over the summer. I was <laughs> taking walks on my lunch break, and that's um, I listened to that episode. I found it, and I was like, oh, like. I like Zelda Dungeons. I want to see where this goes. And so it was super nice. I listened to you for like an hour and a half. Just go into detail about different dungeons. It was awesome. Just me. I, I, I apologize for that experience because I, I personally don't think that episode's very good. It, it, it's so awkward to listen to. And I, I was probably constantly uhing and umming and not knowing what I was doing. But I just wanted to get out something. And I at least was passionate enough to be able to talk for an hour. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was great. I, I loved hearing your takes. I think um Snowhead Temple from Majora's Mask was one you talked about in that episode. And uh it was cool. That's that's one of my all time favorites as well. It's uh you had some really good stuff there. Thanks, thanks. But I guess let's go let's go <laughs> into your uh dungeon picks for this episode, man. As your as our as our honored guest. Well, I appreciate that. Um, all right, so the first one that I want to bring out here is uh, a dungeon in Skyward Sword, which we are getting the HD remaster of later this year. Um, and I personally really like Skyward Sword. I know it's not a fan favorite necessarily, and uh, it's it's not my favorite, but I do like it. And so I like to um, just quantify this game as being one of my least favorite Zelda games with my most favorite dungeons, because I think <laughs> the dungeon design is really cool. And so I want to shout out the uh, sand ship in the Lanayru Sand Sea from uh, Skyward Sword. That whole area is just so cool and so unique and just a really fun way to um, explore like this different part of the world. Yep. Yeah, for sure, dude. Uh, Sandship was one of the ones that had made my list. It's one of my favorite dungeons uh, from the Zelda franchise, make easily in the top five, and and definitely I think I think my favorite from Skyward Sword, which has a lot of good dungeons, and I'm sure some of those are going to get brought up here. But uh, I always loved the mechanic of the time shift stone in general, and comparing it with the other time shift dungeon in this game, which is the Lebneru Mining Facility, uh, mm -hmm. the Sandship I I just like even more because. First of all, you're on a ship, okay? An ancient tech ship with with robots, you know? And, uh, and there are robot pirates on the ship as well. And there's just the one time shift stone that you access from several different vantage points on the ship uh, that you strike with the bow, which is the dungeon item. Which is interesting because you get that, that item so late in the game. But, man, uh, does it get put to good use in that dungeon uh, not only do I enjoy the time traveling mechanics, the fact that you're on a ship, the mini boss, which is a fucking robot pirate captain, but in addition to that, um, the whole like boss battle segment. I mean, the boss itself, and we've talked about this before on the show. The boss Tentalus is underwhelming in both <laughs> terms of design and in terms of the of the boss fight itself. But the setup for that is cool. I love getting the like the little statue key thing, and then you gotta and suddenly these tentacles tentacles start coming in and penetrating the ship and and taking <laughs> it over whole, and you gotta run all the way back up to the de deck, and then man, it, that is such such a such a cool setup. Well, Ash, you literally just said everything about the show. <laughs> I was just like, I was like enthralled at that rant. That was beautiful. Uh, that was great. It was Good so sir. like in depth. I, I think my favorite part about the ship is the different ways you can manipulate the elevation mm -hmm. uh, with the time stones, especially like once you get there and you activate that first time stone, you can climb up and fight all of these bacoblins. As you're climbing, uh, riding the uh, what are they? The handlebars, all the way up the wires. What mm -hmm. are they? I guess mm. that's what they're called. But you can just know. go across. There's actually a piece of heart behind on the mast of the ship. 
if no if you guys didn't know that like once you go to the very top you can drop down to the front of the ship that's not accessible from anything mm-hmm. except the top uh you can drop down there use your sailcloth and get a piece of heart Ooh. yeah <laughs> yeah so but it's such a cool dungeon you know the ancient feel of it you're on a pirate ship that's going in between the present and the past it's really cool um the sacred flame that you get for this dungeon is kind of lame it just allows you to douse for more abilities and so that kind of the boss and the sacred flame kind of kill the momentum but other than that it's one of the coolest dungeons in the zelda series not only for its location but its design and the way that it flows you know it there it's not really filled with any dull moments or anything it's, it doesn't have any momentum killers except for the very end, and I'm okay with that because that means you're getting ready to move on, and the Sacred Flames are amazing, mm-hmm. so I'm not really complaining. I love the Sand Ship. I, um, I personally have not played this one, so um, please don't crucify me, guys. Um, <laughs> but for me, I did watch somebody play Sand Ship, and I absolutely loved it um, because it was, uh, it was something different. It wasn't something that I've really seen too much in Zelda, and also the boss fight, it wasn't just, you know... Oh, look, there's a key. Oh, look, there's a door. Big open space. Creepy music. As a gamer, I know. I am fucked. Um, which I, I, I absolutely enjoy. Um, and also, I just really liked how you could navigate your way through the ship. And it wasn't just like, okay, like here you can get on the main part of the ship. And then like that's it. It's like there's so many different levels. So there's so much that you get to go through. Plus, I mean, you know, like the... The, yeah, the tentacles were kind of bad. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was pretty bad. <laughs> like I had to think about it for a second, but like <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah, the tentacles were pretty bad. Now that I think about it, <laughs> I love it. it. It's just it's such a cool, just like nautical type level, and I think that's one of the reasons why I loved Wind Waker so much. Just the whole seafaring theme of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You were able to bring some of those vibes like into Skyward Sword, which was really. I was cool. kind of expecting a shanty, but there wasn't one. I was kind of upset, like a Zelda yeah. style shanty. That if would you guys great. really think about it skyward sword the art style i swear it derived from the wind waker because they wanted to go with a more childish but not super immature display it's right in between twilight princess and wind waker it's like yeah that's what i was gonna say it kind of reminds me of like twilight princess and wind waker like if they were one game if they like Like, as far as like art and concept and breath of the wild looks like what wind waker would have been had games been this advanced back then because yeah. honestly, when I look at Breath of the Wild, I look at it, at it as a more mature and much more vast Wind Waker. Because what if the Great Sea depleted to show all of what's in Breath of the Wild? And that's why there are Koroks. It's, that's a whole now other conversation. The for, yeah. That's a whole conversation <laughs> See, for another day. But I've always felt almost the opposite that they should fill Breath of the Wild with water, call it Breath of the Sea, and that should be the sequel. <gasps> and uh, <laughs> and nice. just go like exploring. Oh, uh, I haven't even played it. I'm stoked. <laughs> when Maker Two, oh. basically. Um, yeah, you, Megan, you need yeah. to get Breath of the Wild. Dan, you I'm mentioned planning on uh, it. an Easter egg actually on the sand ship, right? Mm-hmm. Right, so there's actually a Titanic Easter egg oh, yeah. uh, from the film on this ship. So I can't remember exactly where it's at. It might be the captain's quarters, but there's a an area where there are paintings on the wall. And if you look, there is a painting um, depicting of, of Zelda characters of the uh, Jack and Rose at the front of the ship with their arms splayed out uh, that whole moment. And love so much that that is in a uh, a skyward sword game i mean guys this guy this game came out 10 years ago 
I what? have not revisited it since then. So when I'm, uh, I, I'm literally going to take time off work in July when this game is released, <laughs> uh, and, and I'm going to sit down and play it. Like you sound I'm, like I'm me with E3, my, my dude. <laughs> hey, oh yeah, I also take time off for E3 as well. <laughs> Be, dude, you should be on the episode because I'm thinking we should definitely do a game launch episode whenever uh, the uh, Skyward Sword HD uh, remake comes out. I'm would down be, for that. Would be amazing. Yeah, because um, it'll so be my I first buy, playthrough. I buy most of my games physical, uh, which is is fine and that's fun. But I always have to wait until the morning to get them. Uh, I I almost want to do digital just so right at midnight it's like I can just hit play and, yeah. and get going with it. Um, We've well, already had the physical I, too. True, um, but I I should probably just also sleep that night and then just play the entire day. <laughs> so we'll see. But I do kind of like it's been a while since I've just like started a game at midnight and then just played it the entire night. That sounds really fun too. Oh my god! I, what if all of us got together and just all played through the Zelda for, same Zelda dude, game? Just and an up all night first. like slumber party via yes. Zoom. That'd my husband great. would stab yes. me, but I'm down. Skyward Sword. <laughs> actually, I did that. I remember getting it at midnight and and playing like all through the night. Uh, and getting like all the way to like the steel temple and and that one playthrough and ah oh, exhilarating. You have to one hundred percent it. All of us in a group have to one hundred percent the game together. <laughs> and the first oh, person no. to finish, and that includes the Hylian Shield boss rush. Oh. <laughs> I haven't even played one... this game yet. I already know I'm gonna lose. <laughs> It, it, there are parts that are challenging, and honestly, the um, the motion controls do make it difficult. So I'm, but I'm curious to see if the buttons will make it more complicated, or if that will make it just much easier. I, I have no idea yeah. how it's going to work. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm curious. It, yeah. Well, we could probably spend the rest of the day talking about Skyward Sword. <laughs> yeah, we're so, trying to knock it into it, but we're excited. So, but Megan, yeah. <laughs> what about you? What's your first pick? Um. Do I have to start off with a bang? Absolutely. Freaking Spirit Temple, Ocarina of Time, Inside yes. the the Goddess, mm, what? Chef's Kiss. That's Great. your pick? Hell yeah. I'm yeah. so surprised. Stop. I'm shocked. <laughs> I mean, we haven't already talked about it, but I mean, We're I just felt like being dramatic for the podcast because this is the first time they're listening to it. So, um, yeah, I just, it, especially because like Ocarina of Time, you know, definitely one of my favorite games. Um, it was so, you know, fundamental for me. And I just absolutely loved how intense and scary this one was because it was like you're a kid playing this and it's all spooky and there's like you know just this dark ambiance and you're inside a freaking goddess um you're also in like basically the homeland of ganon you're like okay my aunt you know my um, my antagonist here and i'm in his home inside a goddess okay let's do it and it's like you're leading up to the final boss fight so it's like this big you know climatic rise and it's like it's just it's all there plus i mean the music is just mm. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Definitely listen to it while you're studying because you will get any finals done. Promise. <laughs> I I yeah. love the part in that temple that it kind of reminds me of in Resident Evil 4. There's that weird room where there's like the giant Salazar statue and you have to move his hands and to get to different levels. Um, yeah. There's a similar type situation in the spirit temple where there's the huge like statue in that room and you have to go up and, and move like different levels around and try to figure out um, just how to navigate that space. But the puzzles in that level uh, game, um, that temple are so cool because a lot of them you use the mirror shield for, and there are a lot mm -hmm. of light based puzzles which you don't really see anywhere else in the game so that's a, a really cool like unique thing that that uh, temple brings yeah it's not really, really useful afterwards but games. it's great <laughs> no. i haven't i haven't played another video game where i had a puzzle using light to reflect off of 
Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask! I'm, and I'm, also I'm, Twilight I'm, Princess, the mirror shield. Or not the mirror, the... Yeah, the big mirror. The mirror? <laughs> oh, okay, I know what you're talking about now. I, I like, can't what? remember the name of it for the life of me right now. My mind just went choo-choo. There goes my turn of thought. <laughs> <laughs> the mirror of Twilight? Yes! Know. Thank you, <laughs> F. Half the name is in the name of the game, and then that word you just said. (laughs) Oh, man. If someone could just find my last two brain cells rubbing each other around in my brain, that'd be great. Yeah. The Spirit Temple is a wicked dungeon. It's got a very ancient feel to it, and it's a lot of fun to go through knowing that once you beat this dungeon, if you're playing it in the normal order, once you beat this, you'll have all the sages freed, and you can go finally challenge Ganon. But I think the build-up to this dungeon is one of the best in the game because you not only have to uh, do the puzzle of getting through the desert, you have to go through the Gerudo Gerudo Fortress. I don't know why I just said Gerudo. That's just Gerudo? (laughs) The Gerudo Fortress. Um, And it's just a really cool, really cool setting because it's kind of a scary fortress that you have to not be caught in and just free people. It's, it's a really good experience and, I'm I'm excited because I'm about to get to this part of the game. I uh, just beat the Shadow Temple on Ocarina 3DS, so I'm really excited to go back through this again and check it all out. Yeah, so, I'm really years. really glad that you brought up the Spirit Temple. Um, that was another one that was on my my top ten, <laughs> top, my top ten list. And again, I think that would likely be my favorite dungeon from Ocarina of Time. Just because uh, it's the only dungeon in the entire game that actually requires you to go into it as both a child and an adult. Yes. Um, and then the puzzles, I think, in that dungeon are just the best out of all of them. I love the light-based puzzles. I love the mirror shield as a dungeon item. And I love the boss, Twin Rova. Yes. Yeah, the boss well in that done. game is phenomenal. I just love that it's not just, you know, like this big fat thing sitting in the middle of the room and it's just you have to roll <laughs> around it. You know, kind of like some of the other bosses. It's actually, you know, like, oh, there's two of them. Uh, I can't just dodge <laughs> and roll away from this one. Like, what do I do? Like, it's it's it actually challenges you. Especially, especially the, post, <laughs> the post-fight monologue between uh, the sisters who yes. are just arguing. It's, it seems oh, like yeah. it's a bit too much, but it's still hilarious to watch because they're just like, no, no, we should have killed him. What's wrong with you? Ah, no. 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 A, game, a game that was released in 1998 on the Nintendo 64 with what at the time was limited processing power, the elemental graphics and just the way those those visuals are displayed, like those are so gorgeously done. Um, comparatively to just other areas of the game where things can feel a little flat at times. There was just so much, um, there's a lot of dynamic like uh, architecture going on with those attacks, especially, and being able to reflect one at the other. It was just such a cool, like one of my all-time favorite boss fights. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, dude. Um, I love the mini boss fight as well against the first Iron Knuckle in the game. Not to be confused with Dark Nuts, although they're practically the same thing. Yeah, it's pretty much the same hit thing. Hit me while I'm down, Ash. Mm-hmm. Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I made that mistake. I made that mistake when we were previously recording. I called it. A I fucked up one time. <laughs> You're not a true Zelda fan. I should have and, that Zelda dungeon position now. Oh! Hang him. What is wow. it that um? What, what is it that he says in Pirates of the Caribbean? Goes hang thrown. him. <laughs> but oh, the oh. when you fight the Iron Knuckle, that is that just before you get the silver gauntlets? I think is that yes. what he's yeah. guarding? Yeah, essentially. Um, well, I think you fight. Mm-hmm. I think you fight it twice because one of them, I, I believe, guards the mirror shield. Mm-hmm. 
And do you fight the first one as a child? And that's what gets you the silver gauntlets? Are, are there two of them in that dungeon? It's been a while now. I can't remember. I, you got me beat on that one. I can't, I can't yeah. remember if it was one way or the other. Okay. I keep Definitely wanting something. to revisit this game, but then I keep waiting for it to be released on Switch, so I, I don't yeah. know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, I'm really this year. If we don't get that it we in get 2021. Yeah. What if we yeah, just if get we a don't, the Wild I'll... Style Ocarina of Time remaster, dude? I would cry. Oh, man, can you imagine? Someday, oh my maybe. God. <laughs> it would take so long for them. But, I mean, they did it with Spyro. They brought the graphics to, you know, a current, you know, standard. Crash Bandicoot as well? Yeah. And, and cr- I was just about saying Crash. I was taking a breath in. Jesus, let me <laughs> let me breathe. <laughs> the Bash Ocarina Grandicoot. 3D remake is phenomenal, so. Yeah. I mean, they they could probably elevate it a little bit more because the more that I've been playing Nintendo games, the more I can see that they're really trying to up their graphics game. It's not as, mm-hmm. like, it's it, there's still cartoon aspects to it, but it's not as cartoony as it used to be, and I'm really, really feeling it. I'm Nintendo, you got my heart right now. <laughs> All right. Well, what about you, Zach? Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to replace the one I said before we had to delete this because I had two that were kind of neck and neck for my last position. Okay. Um, I've Fair been enough. playing. The, I've been playing the Oracle games, and I just got to level six, which is the Mermaid's Cave. Now, I love this dungeon because Oracle of Ages has a aspect where you have to go from the past to the present. You have to travel through time to solve different puzzles, to save different people, and ultimately the goal of that game is to save Nehru, the Oracle of Ages. She's been kidnapped by Varen, Sorceress of Shadows, and you have to go through the different dungeons in the game and collect the eight essences of time. Mm-hmm. Now, Dungeon 6 is Mermaid's Cave. In order to get to this dungeon, it's up in... Uh, rock uh it's like Roholent or something ridge where all the gorons live and um basically you have to go through and trade different items with gorons in the past and take those items to the present and trade with gorons that are looking for historical items it's really cool and once you get there you're in the past the first time you enter the dungeon once you solve some points and do everything that you can you have to go outside go to the present and go back into the mermaid's cave But the trick is, to open both of these dungeons, you have to have both the key from the past and the key from the present. So you have to go through different puzzles, like trading and dancing with Goron tribe members to get different keys. And it's really cool. Just getting to this dungeon is awesome. It's, it's, okay, so between each dungeon, it's about 45 minutes of game time. Between Mm -hmm. uh, level 5 and level 6, they're in the same area, so it's about a 20-25 minute uh, transition period. But during those 25 minutes... You dance with Gorons and get keys. You have to play a mini game where you have to survive a bunch of bombs being thrown at you. You have to continuously dodge out of the way so that you can get a drink to give it to the guard that's about to pass. Uh, he's about to like pass out from thirst. So, and he gives you the key to the dungeon in the or the dungeon in the past. It's really really hard to explain, but it's really cool. The dungeon itself is awesome because it's got. Uh, like an ancient ruin type look, but it's dark and purple and black with colors that would remind you of like an evil mermaid. You know, if if the Little Mermaid went like rated R, that type of feeling. The okay. puzzles, yeah, the puzzles in the dungeon are really cool because they're based on uh, taking elements that you did in the past and applying them to elements in the present because they're still there after all that time. Like you have to push a block in the past to access a door that's in the present that hasn't been built yet. It's really cool. And I love those types of, um, I love those types of puzzles. The mini boss is, um, 
a little bat. I forget his name, but he is in both Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons as the mini boss of the sixth dungeon. He's this little vampire bat that is constantly trying to protect whoever he can serve, you know, because he just doesn't want to die. Every single time you fight him, he runs away because he doesn't want to lose. What a little bitch. And so, yeah, and so it takes classical, uh, classical Zelda elements from uh, the past games, and you have like a little wrecking or like a little tennis session with him where you have to bat his balls back at him and stuff like that and once you beat him that is what this back dungeon, at him sh- stop <laughs> <laughs> bat his like his orbs i'm gonna say that <laughs> nasty but um, <laughs> his orbs that sounds even worse for some reason <laughs> but <laughs> but in the mermaid's cave the item that you get is the mermaid suit which is one of the most uh unique items in the zelda series you get a suit that literally allows you to travel in deep waters like you can swim in the ocean and so you can swim in the like Zora super armor. well yes but you move like super quick the faster you tap the uh i hate you so. <laughs> No, the faster the faster you tap the D-pad, uh, the faster you'll swim. You can move really quickly. You can use your sword underwater while swimming super fast. It's it's a lot of fun, and it prevents you from drowning. Um, so it's really cool to do that. And the boss is this giant uh, squid-like creature that keeps you're in a center pit, and this boss-like creature keeps attacking you from the edges of the room. Once you do enough damage, he'll turn over, and you have to jump in the water, go uh, submerge, and fight him underwater, where he has like a different barrage of like ink attacks. And it's a lot of fun. Um, this is one of my highly recommended dungeons from both of those games. I think Oracle of Ages has better dungeons, but Oracle of Seasons has better puzzles. Yeah. Um, but I would highly recommend Mermaid's Cave. I don't know if any of you guys have played these games. Uh, I have played Ages, I would, and I, I believe I've gotten that far in the game. So I, I yeah, seem to recall some of the things that you were saying, but it's been a while. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I I'm I'm loving playing through this game again. It's it's been a long time. So. I'll, I'll wait and see if they if they remake it this year. Like you know, uh, Link. I would oh love to see a Link's Awakening style remake of the Oracle games. Uh, Just bundle together so that that way, you know, you don't have to like buy them both, but you know, just package them together so you can play one and then the other. And then, you know, uh, uh, you'll automatically have a linked game. Of course, uh, the Pokemon games still come separately, so who knows? Yeah, I was about to say Pokemon still come separately, so I don't know. But that's just kind of their thing. Um, Yeah. What do you think, Dan? Oracle games? Mermaid's yeah, I Cave. think it's it's likely we'll see a remake of it this year. So these are two Zelda games that I have not yet managed to get to. I own them. I bought the uh, digital editions on the 3DS because yes. that console is an insane Zelda machine. If you want access to easily 10 Legend of Zelda games, pick up a, a 3DS or a 2DS, mm-hmm. and between the remasters and what's available on the eShop and the virtual console, you will be able to find a bunch of those games. Um, they're but, only on the yeah, 3DS the... virtual console, by the way, because I just looked. I don't know why they're not on the Wii U virtual console, but they're only on the 3DS. <laughs> It's so so strange, and I'm I'm hoping just bring everything to Switch. Everything Please. should Please. come to Switch. If Nintendo's smart, I mean, there's there's an untapped market there. Can you imagine all the people who played mm. Nintendo era games, Super Nintendo era games, Nintendo 64 era games, and let's finally get a virtual console of the GameCube because it's been long enough. We should have gotten that yeah. on the Wii U. Well, they do yes. have that. You can play a lot of the older. Ver- you have to. It's I think it's like it's in the Nintendo Direct. 
Um, it was in the newsletter too. I just read a couple weeks ago. But you can play older games. It's like uh, I don't even remember. They what, have but it has like a some kind of equivalent of the virtual console now that it's playing yeah. some certain arcade games. So I'm hoping. Yeah. And they do actually have a Nintendo uh, and Super Nintendo library, I believe, already on the Switch. But yeah, but, they do. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping that we'll definitely get those. So I, those are games that I really want to check out. Those are probably next on my list. I'm kind of going backwards with Zelda games. So my first one ever was Ocarina of Time. And then I've played all of the main console ones. And then I've been going back. So like I played Minish Cap a couple summers ago. I just yeah, played Link's yeah. Awakening last summer. I did the Link's Awakening, both the original and the Switch version that came. Um, so yeah, it's high time for me to check out the Oracle games. And I know people who have played them really love them there's a lot of uh really you know good emotions toward those games mm-hmm. hell yeah yeah they're they're a lot of fun you will very very much enjoy them and especially how you can connect your link from one game and take it to the other mm-hmm. using codes i think that's a really really cool aspect that needs to come back at some so point. you can uh link the games together <laughs> i'm gonna eat my Zach, mic you do you work? have a recommendation of is it better to start with oracle of ages or oracle of seasons or does it matter start with ages that way you'll get okay. the most pr- okay so ages based game in my opinion is better than seasons based game and so the actual events that conspire the first time you play ages they're so good and it's a really good story to experience with a fresh link and then once you beat ages it's going to give you a hero's code and you take that to seasons and plug that code into the compiler and it'll give you a main linked game which is the link you played as in in ages but brought over to seasons so you'll start off with four hearts instead of three and once you go through that the hmm. characters in both of the games some of them are similar so you'll run into impa in both games and she'll recognize you from your first game and she'll be like hey welcome to holodrum since you'll be playing season second she'll be like it's good to see you here i hope you're doing well and then she introduces you to din and there are a lot of events that happen in seasons that are slightly different because it's the same link from labrina and so i recommend hmm. playing season second and then once you beat seasons um I'm not going to tell you what happens at the very end of a main linked game, but you can take the code that you get at the end of that game and take it back to ages. So that link will do that. Cool. Will that he'll go back in time essentially and do that again, but he'll know everybody. It's crazy how it works, but it's, it's a lot of nice. fun to do. And both dungeons have eight, uh, both dungeons, both games have eight dungeons with eight essences to collect. And, um, it's it's really cool. It's got a typical Legend of Zelda style feel. Eight dungeons and then final boss. So I really hope that if awesome. they um they they do release them bundled together, which I I actually think would be more likely, um uh, that there's a strong warning whenever you if you've already started one of the games to not start the other game until you finished it because I know a lot of people yeah. are going to be tempted to kind of play both at the same time and they should probably just like plug a warning in there like hey if you're starting this game just be aware that certain features will become available if you've completed the other game first um, yeah just something That's like smart. that just an aside it just just randomly popped into my mind but uh, I guess I'm going to go ahead and go into my uh, nope, first pick. you're not allowed to. You're <laughs> fired. Y'all, <laughs> y'all haven't, y'all. This is as far as we got. So y'all haven't heard my, any of my picks yet. Um, most of my picks, actually, all my picks are from mainstream console games. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, when I was thinking about it, I, I really wanted to come back to some of these. These are some of the ones I think I wanted to incorporate in my original like top ten list, and I just didn't get a chance to due to uh, you know uh, lack of lack of numbers. But I'm going to start with The Wind Waker because it was my very first Zelda game. I knew it. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up Tower of the Gods. 
because oh boy that's a big one okay it it is one of the dungeons that i went back and i thought maybe i should have had this instead of what i picked because i I remember i talked about forbidden or uh forsaken fortress just because i love the whole though oh yeah i love the whole stealth aspect the first time you come around and then i like the fact that you come back to it and actually complete it but Thinking That's back cool. now, Tower of the Gods is such an enjoyable dungeon because it's it's kind of a two-phase dungeon. The um, original part of the dungeon, of course, you are sailing around and you're getting to use King the King of Red Lions um, th- for a, a good portion of that, and and mo- going back and forth and having to deal with different water levels. And again, it's one of it's a water dungeon that's actually pretty good. Um, but only because there's not, it's not really a water dungeon just for like the first, like third of it and then, or first half of it, I, however you want to look at it. But, um, after that, of course, then you start the main part of the dungeon, uh, at which case the, the item is the hero's bow. And I really love what you get to do with the command melody, getting to control statues. If not for, of course, the tedious aspect of having to play the song over and over and over again, even in the HD version, they didn't really come up with a fix for that. But um, but I, I I did like the whole aspect of that. Uh, I felt like that particular song was uh, fairly underutilized for most of the game, at least until you get to the sages section. But yeah. get, getting to control those statues uh, and then getting the bow and then of course the boss Godon was just ah. That yeah. one's a good one. That one's one of my favorite personal bosses because he's 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 a stickler for sure <laughs> for drama. Yeah, I- <laughs> I like getting up to him because it's just one of those grand ca- grand staircase scenarios yes. where you make it up a long oh, flight yeah. of stairs to get to the boss's door. And once you go in, it's just this giant, God-controlled, robotic head that pops up and his hands come up off the wall. And you're like, oh, shit, it's showtime. Let's go, baby. He's and he, such he's a drama only, queen, though. He's the only – He's the. O- he is a drama queen. He's, a, he's fabulous. But, no, it's, <laughs> I love – I like love the when king from Katamari to, to Marcy. Yes, yes, exactly. Rainbow. But it's like when you do damage to him, he like sneezes out arrows, and that's the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> if you're running low on arrows, he'll go and like, <laughs> and, like arrows will pop out. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. What a chat, man. But uh, to piggyback off, kind of off what you were saying, Ash, about uh, how the HD version didn't really fix any of the melodies and how much you had to play them. I actually don't mind that because it adds just a tiny bit of tediousness. Because if you're a seasoned Zelda player, you're going to be able to go through these dungeons like it's nothing. Like the Tower of the Gods is a dungeon that we've all probably played like at least four or five times. It's a it's a classic in a very very good strong Wind Waker title. So adding that little bit of repetitiveness is a really good way to kind of keep you on your toes as a player because it it's annoying enough to where it just kind of makes you lose your sanity or it it annoys you at least a little bit to where you could lose track of doing something else and i love using the command melody because you get to control the statues and where they're placed i've always loved puzzles like that um i i hate the first part of the dungeon though where you're sailing around the bottom of it i i've never enjoyed water no. level type stuff that's why the water temple will never even come close to being on a list like this for me <laughs> what i hate the water temple so so much, much better than the 3d I, version though it is it is and dark link is amazing but that's about the only that's about the only good thing I can say about it. But <laughs> as far as, um, oh my God, as far as that goes, Tower of the Gods is Godly. a phenomenal dungeon. It, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's up there. You could call it it's divine. Wow, huh. you're fired. Ooh, good one. Nice. 
Uh, Tower of the Gods made it onto my list as well. Um, yeah, awkward. Such thanks, an... Ash. It's all right. Yeah, way to go, man. Um, <laughs> it's it's so cool. I love so when I was playing Wind Waker years and years and years ago. I like I didn't get the game and I didn't like it for a very long time. It took me years to finally really appreciate it. And a lot of that is because I was stuck at the first dungeon. So I never even got to Tower of the Gods. I never got to anything that comes after. And so after you collect those first few dungeons and you beat them, you um, are able to summon the Tower of the Gods from the depths of the sea. And I just remember sailing up to it. It's so massive and it's just this like dark shape in the distance as yes. you're heading toward it it's and then it slowly comes into focus it's so scary uh but it's such a cool unique dungeon and it's really the catalyst for the rest of the game and once you beat it i'll avoid spoilers here but you are you basically unlock like the story of hyrule and the great yes. sea and how everything is connected like i love yes. that part of it so much like that's when the game really starts to pick up and take off for me well, that's well, yeah, I think me too. I, right where the mid-story quest change happens in the game that happens in almost every Zelda game, you know, where well, midway through that. the story, you know, it's like right after you get the few shadows or right after oh, yeah. you collect mm -hmm. the spiritual yeah. stones. It's, it's that midpoint of the game where you think that the, the original quest is kind of over, but then there's a new quest. And that happens right after the Tower of the Gods or really right after the second visit to Forsaken Fortress, I, sh I should say, but... Um, go ahead, yeah, Zach. You look like you were wanting to say something. <laughs> yeah, this pick one's me, like me. trying to come out so hard. I was like trying to hold myself back. I was like, I gotta <laughs> say this. <laughs> but no, I feel like at this point, if you're listening to this, or I, I'm sure every single one of us have played The Wind Waker multiple times, so I don't think we have to worry too much about spoilers. Um, so, but I really like this because it's also the changing point where Link finally realizes. I've been chosen as the hero of legend because this game starts out with you going to save your sister. That's it. That's all Link has in his mind. He's going to do everything in his power to save his sister, but he gets, he picks up the master sword. It accepts him as the master. And then he has the journey of going and blessing the sword and having it prayed for so that he can actually become a hero of legend. The only hero of legend that put himself in the role and wasn't chosen. Hell yeah. And yeah, it's true. really cool because the Tower of the Gods paves the way for that. Before, after you finish the dungeon, you have the access to go see Hyrule, the land it is under the water. And it's beautiful. Like, I really wish they had done yeah. a direct sequel on a main console for the Wind Waker because Hyrule was gorgeous. I feel like there could be yeah. like a, a meme here. I'm, I'm thinking a meme here, okay? We have the Virgin Twilight Princess Link versus the Chad. Uh, or, or the Virgin <laughs> Hero of Twilight versus the Chad Hero of the Winds from The Wind Waker, you know, vir Virgin Virgin uh, uh, Adult Link from from Twilight Princess had to, uh, was born with the Triforce. Uh, the Chad Hero of the Virgin? Winds Link had to acquire the Triforce of Courage. What are you I was talking born about? Into it, There's no way. It. There is no. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way Twilight Princess Link was a virgin, bro. Elia had her eyes all over him. Okay, Elia is on that true, shit. But it's just a meme, bro. It's what they say. I mean, if he anything, I really hope that Hero of the Boy Wind's look Link. About Don't him, you talk know? about our innocent man getting getting screwed, man. Don't ruin <laughs> my childhood. You can't avoid that. Also, tying back into things that are not ya nasties, Um, the tower <laughs> is um also meant to test the hero's courage. Like, this was like almost like oh, i don't even know what to compare this to <sighs> kind of like the i i know it's a random one-off movie but kind of like the trials for the dauntless and, and divergent you know like it's oh, it's yeah. one of those 
one of those kind of things where it tests the hero's courage. It tests, you know, can you do this? Are you able to, you know, live up to this standard? Are you a hero or are you not? Yes. Just and wanted to bring in that analogy. Zero. The whole dungeon is a trial, and the boss, Dodon, is not a bad guy. He's, you know, he is, uh, it's a trial. And that's why he yeah. gives you arrows if you run out. He's like, <laughs> he just snot rockets them out, you know, like. <laughs> you must kick my ass for high roll. That's basically what's happening right now. Um, we're we're kind of running up uh, pretty quick here, so I guess let's let's move on. Uh, Dan, <laughs> what two. is your? Yeah, let's go into round two. Uh, totally. So I am gonna pick a dungeon from A Link Between Worlds on the 3DS, oh, hell yeah. and I'm gonna select the Dark Palace. Uh, yes, yeah. that is probably my favorite dungeon in that game. Um, I love that game because that was really one of the early um, points of you can do a dungeon in any order and yeah. you have access to like every item in the game. You have access to it through the shop if you want it. And uh, it's uh, it was so cool. So I went through that dungeon toward the end of my run through of that game, but it could have been the first dungeon that you do. Uh, all depends on what order you want to do them in. Um, but man, that was so cool. I love the art style of that game and that dungeon especially. It's both literally and figuratively dark being the dark palace you need to go from room to room and kind of illuminate things as you go but uh yeah it was just so so cool and definitely one of the big stands out of that game for me yeah and i remember that that dungeon being pretty difficult in a link to the past as well but um I'm trying to remember it's been a while since i played a link between worlds as well, well. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to mention that out loud no, <laughs> but I, I I did like the aspect of having to to light up the dungeon as you go, uh, and like you said, being able to have uh, take full advantage of the items that you can get at the time, and and, and it is one of the, and for most people, it may be one of the first dungeons you play once you get to low rule, um, but obviously you can also you know save it for the end, and for me, I was actually pretty in link link between worlds. I remember I didn't want to leave the items rented, so I pretty much bought items as soon as I could. Mm -hmm. and um and i you know as soon as i was able to which for me i felt like almost defeated part of the purpose of the game so the second time i played it through i decided to rent the items you know like when i'm using them for the dungeon and then buy them afterwards but the first time i played the game like i didn't want to have to worry about having to like rent items i just wanted to purchase them outright so i saved up rupees and purchased them outright yep. <laughs> i did the same thing and honestly that game is an amazing experience running through um the world reimagined was awesome. High rule yeah. and low rule instead yeah. of the light world and the dark world. I loved, I absolutely love the aspect of fusing into the wall and you become a painting and you're just, and that's how you traverse between the worlds. I don't remember um, the dark palace as much, but I can talk on this game because this game is amazing. It really brought a link to the past uh, to a new light and reimagined the game because you don't fight Ganon, you fight Yuga Gan or Yuganon or whatever Uganon. is Yuganon, and that's a really good fight because when you're walking up to the final boss, the the there's thunder and lightning going and it's very very dark and ominous and you just finally walk in. It feels like a true Zelda game and I love that. It's <sighs> it's really good stuff. I remember but. staying up late. You know what my what my my like biggest mem biggest memory of a link between worlds is for some reason as i remember uh, staying up late trying to finish everything 100% before i went to uh to Laurel Castle and i remember playing the fucking baseball game 
And that shit was hard. It took so many tries. I stayed up to all night just trying to get through that fucking baseball mini game until I became like a, a master at it. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, was, uh, I I almost uh, I almost didn't play this game because I was not a fan of the like 2D top down, and th- this is really like a 2.5D game that yeah. used the the 3DS's 3D capability. I feel was really well done with this game. Um, but my, my current fiance girlfriend at the time got it for me for uh, Christmas that year, the year it came out. And um, I'm very happy she did because it ended up being just such a, a fun Zelda experience for me to play. Uh, and yeah. I was working as an EMT at the time. So I was just like on an ambulance playing Zelda games on my 3DS uh, between calls. So that was a good time. Dude, nice. I'm a transport driver trying to become an EMT. That's I know. That's good no stuff, I, saw, I saw you perk up as soon as he said awesome. that. I was like, exactly. Like, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, awesome. that's pretty dope. I'm hoping to be an EMT by December. You had the same. Lo- you had the same look on your face. Like if anybody mentions uh, 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 Mass Effect for Megan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Megan. What's your next Shepherd. dungeon? Yes. Um. So my next one is going to be obviously for my favorite Zelda game, um, Snow Peak Ruins. Oh um, hell yeah! Yes. You took one of my picks <laughs> though, but go for yes! it. Yes. Also took one of my picks. <laughs> oh, glad we all are on the same page. Oh um. So God. for me, um, Snow Peak Ruins, I just love the fact that you're, you know, it's you're up in the snowy mountain. You're just like all of a sudden you're riding down this cliff, going after a big ass yeti. Like, what the fuck am I doing? What is going on? Why do these people need this help? Like, you're like, um, all right. Um, uh, I know a lot of people, you know, criticize, you know. Uh, Twilight Princess, because it is one of the, you know, compared to some others, it's one of the easier Zelda games. It's more cinematic um, than others, but I I love it because of that aspect, and I love the, you know, of course, you know, the story, the little love story that you get in the end, you know, because me, I'm an absolute sucker, obviously. I'm, you know, total romantic. Um, And it's, it's, um, it's not like another dungeon where it's creepy and there's creepy crawlies like literally you're in just like this big massive mansion and like you feel like you could just go in and kick your feet up almost at first and then you're like oh there's creatures here cool. oh it's so a we're dungeon. not here to chill yeah i love that realization where like you, you enter the snow peak ruins and you, you you know it's such a unique dungeon for this and that this is another one that like after doing my my top 10 list i really wish i had talked about this one and that's why it was it was on this list because it is so such a unique experience, and I and I love that you don't immediately realize that you're in a dungeon. Like at first you're like I'm in someone's home, but then you're like, oh wait, no, no, this is a dungeon. Okay, but I love how the fucking uh, Yetta like s- sends you out on like three different side quests, go looking for the key, and you slowly build up the uh, the soup. Yeah, no, you're literally going on a grocery run across this fucking this ruin, and you're like, okay, like is this a shopping trip or am I saving somebody? Like what the fuck is going on? Yeah, this super hard puzzle section where you have to like aim the cannon correctly yes to fight this big ass creep this big ass guard so that you can get with the ball so you beat him after you get the ball and chain or before you you, he's the mini boss and so after whenever you fight him you get the ball and chain which by the way another shoot me with my own gun (laughs) another item from twilight princess huh you have to hook shot behind him to beat him. It's so hard because oh, he's so he, big. He uses yeah. the ball and chain. That's right. He uses yeah. it, and you get it from him after you beat <laughs> no. him. And right. they use it on the boss, and the boss is pretty much like, don't shoot me with my own gun. What the da, fuck da, are you da, doing? Da, 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 da. The music for many bosses in this game is unparalleled. I will also say that. That theme is so intense, and it's great. I used to pause the game just so I could listen to it as a kid. Like, yes. holy shit. This is oh. awesome. Literally me with the entire Twilight Prince. I would literally just sit there and... 
this is going to sound this again showing my age in this one um i would take and um i would stop link when he was like wolf link or when he was just you know running around with zelda or, or not yeah well whenever he was running with zelda in the temple i would literally take pictures with a camera of this game like i was that captivated by it. i would have a camera in front of my screen just look how pretty this game is because screenshots mm -hmm. weren't a thing yet and you're sitting here you're <laughs> sitting here you're playing the game you listen to the music and you're like why do I have a boner right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, the the main thing I think one of my favorite things is Twilight confusing. Princess. <laughs> yeah, it's like this shouldn't be happening. But uh, when you're sitting on the title screen and you just watch that whole sequence of Link running across the bridge, oh my god, and yes, it just transitions to him being a wolf mm -hmm. and howling into the night, and then it shows like a little demo for the game. I used to watch that again and again music. and again because that music was so fucking good, dude. It's I know. so good. <laughs> it kind of brought a tear to your eye, but I was like, dang, I'm about to play this game. I, I still watch that on Why YouTube. it's my favorite. Everybody it's hates really on good. it, but it's the best. I will say that Twilight Princess, yeah. Megan, you're going to hate me for this, and I'm very sorry, but I will say that Twilight Princess's art style is ugly. It is very That hurts ugly. my one feeling. It's, it's a beautiful <laughs> game. Do not get me wrong. It is one of you the know best what? Zelda it, experiences. It, it looks too hyper-realistic. I love that about it. It, it kind of reminds me, I know this is going to sound very basic white girl of me, but it kind of reminds me of like if a game was created like from a movie with a visco filter. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, it's very, it's right. got like that. that film to it. And I love the, you know, like the light aspects of it. Just, I could go on and on, you know, I'm sure that we'll eventually do an episode about it and I'll probably go on for two hours just about the graphics because it was the most advanced graphics from a, from that, you know, console at the time for me personally. For a it was just so stunning. Slash Wii game, a GameCube game that was basically ported over to the Wii. So it was already behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was actually very impressive at the time. The graphics feel a little bit dated now. And especially when you play yeah. the HD version that, that really, mm. really hits home uh with wind waker just for some reason just dating so much better because of the, the mm -hmm. you know but that being aside though i love the aesthetic mm -hmm. i love the art style itself i love that it's a little bit more anime-esque and i love that it's one of the zelda games that dared to be more uh dark and realistic and um not a lot of other zelda games have done that in fact it's the only one you know since then and it Got a little bit of criticism for that, but I feel like Twilight Princess is one of those that is one of the more beloved entries in the in the franchise in the end. Just a lot of the haters are kind of loud. Um, but going going back to Snow Peak Ruins, of course, the uh, the Ball and Chain I think is one of uh, another classic example of uh, Twilight Princess's awesome, awesome, unique, fun dungeon items that are just so underutilized. The um, I was the gonna spinner. make a comparison really quick before we bounce too far off of it. Sure. For me. Um, Twilight Princess is like the Shadow of Colossus of Zelda games. It has that similar feel to it, and I, that's what I love about it, mm. because I am such a big fan of Shadow of the Colossus and Eco, and, and of course, you know, The Last Guardian, duh. Um, so for me, it kind of, like, once I got older, it reminded me of that, and I think that's why it's my favorite Zelda game, because it has that feel to it. It's the first Zelda game I waited for, and I got on release night. Um, and that was special for me. And I remember I didn't have a Wii. I had a GameCube, so I had to wait a couple days for the GameCube release. But I did, because there, there were uh, just a few days difference. Um, and, I, man, I was in love. I could not stop playing the game. It was my favorite game of all time. At that, I was obsessed with it. I, I mean, I remember going to school, and I, I think I, I was, like, in fifth grade at the time. So a lot of the kids, for some reason, just wanted to be edgy and, like, play PlayStation and Xbox. They thought they were too cool for Nintendo. And, you know, right at that age where, like, where that's how they are. And 
but for me, like I was just sitting and I'm just enjoying the hell out of Twilight Princess, and I didn't even care mm. about. I was like, "Call Call of what? I don't I don't play that. I play Zelda." <laughs> yeah. um, Watch yourself. Watch yourself. No, no. At the time, <laughs> I was one of those like pretentious gamers that Bravo thought I was like, dark. I thought it was like too good for shooters or something, but. Um, I did until I was twenty, my dude. So yeah. I mean, it's cool. It happens. Yeah, it happens. Eventually, like, you come no, to I'm a realization that. Gamer. Yeah, well, I'm mainly a right. narrative, you know, guy. I mainly like narrative style games, but, um, but yeah, I love that you brought out uh, Snow Peak Ruins because that is that is one of my favorites, and I love the. We haven't even talked about the boss, uh, Yetta. You know, the main uh, NPC that you, you know, become is is was uh, it Blizzetta? Blizzetta yeah. was her name. Yeah, gets possessed. Well, Yetta is her name, but when she's possessed by the the dark mirror or the mirror of twilight, I, I just made a, a Megan flub. Hey, um, <laughs> she becomes Blazetta, and I love the music of that boss battle in particular. Mm. Um, it's kind of um, almost like circusy, and you know, yeah. da, with da, an da, organ da, in there. Yes, it, it, yeah. With the organ. Well, I mean, that's also yeah. It's so good. I love the aspect of. Having to use the reflection of the ice to beat her, too. Yes. Like, to watch her different spires of ice as she's coming around. And then once she lands and starts spinning around, you have to use the ball and chain to knock her back. And then she just becomes this giant... Oh, no, that's the Zant fight. I'll talk about that here in a minute. I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to say that's reused in the Zant fight. That was such a cool oh, concept that they God, had to reuse bro. it. And, <laughs> oh, should we transition with this? Well, um... Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's about your to be Zach's now. turn, anyways. Because <laughs> my next pick is the Palace of Twilight from Twilight oh, Princess. Okay, that dungeon yeah, is That's great. fantastic, dude. I love it so much. You finally get to, as Link, explore the Twilight Realm because you have the Master Sword and you're with Midna. The mm. first part is to go into these side side corridors and get these orbs. Oh, so God. That you can put them in the middle and bless the Master Sword. <sighs> that terrified me. That terrified me. terrifying because <laughs> when you finally get the orb, the, the, the wall master wakes up. And he starts They're just running after you. It's oh. so slow and tedious. And yep. he's just like this. And it does the cutscene every time just so it can let you know, hey, he's here with you. You better get to stepping. And the puzzles are hard. You have, mm -hmm. to, like, you have to stand on a ledge to activate a switch while also yeah. going around with the ball in hand so you can't defend yourself while you're carrying it. And he's and making then, that funny noise. Hup, 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 hup. <laughs> Yep, 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 just like that. And once you finally put those orbs in the pedestals at the front, you put, all Master Sword cutscenes are beautiful to me. The Master Sword is my favorite weapon slash item in the history of Zelda. I Always. love how majestic and grand they make it. And with this one, you put the sword in the in the pedestal, and it gets blessed with light. And that is so cool because the rest of the dungeon, your sword just has this golden glow to it. Which reminded yes. me of playing uh, A Link to the Past when you finally get the Master Sword. Uh, the it's like it's the Red Master Sword in uh, the Tempered a Link Sword. To the Past, the Tempered Sword in A Link to the Past. But once you get the level three sword in A, a Link Between Worlds, it's the Golden Sword, and it is beautiful. That sword mm -hmm. is gorgeous, and I love that. Plus, the rest of the dungeon, the Palace of Twilight, is you're just ascending these different floors, fighting these uh, shadow demons or whatever they're called, all the way up until you get to Zant, Zant, which is the most insane motherfucker in the history of Zelda. He's games. insane. And He's crazy. Yeah. shift because the entire Sans game is yes. crazy in the entire game he's this brooding like cool figure who just comes in and he's chilling and he's and you know you just you, you get like the shivers run down your back and you know you get a vibe you get a vibe you definitely get a vibe he reveals his true persona and that boss battle is so fucking insane that they based his entire moveset in Hyrule Warriors off of it 
<laughs> yeah. I also loved um, bringing back to your sword um, conversation there. Um, I love how it's this big contrast, too, because, you know, of the Twilight Realm, how much it glows and how it shows how he is, you know, restoring the balance of darkness and light. There's a really big analogy there in just that part where you're, you know, getting the light blessed into the sword. I just, mm. it's It's very, like, again, for me, Twilight Princess is the most theatric. It has, you know, the most cutscenes. You know, it's it's very, very movie-like for a Zelda game. But it's it's you know just the theatrics of you know just having like this beautiful light blessing the sword. I'm like, oh, oh, it's so pretty. Like I just I love it so much. It's one of my favorite parts about it. It was a huge Twilight step Princess. Up. No, go ahead. Yeah, is it's a game that I've come around on. I because I I didn't really like it when I first played through it, and I feel like I carried that negativity just throughout my life for years, uh, and then. <laughs> At some point, I was like, you oh, know, no. like, I love Zelda. Like, this game is really not as bad as I feel like I thought it was, as other people think it was, to the point where when the HD one came out, I was so looking forward to it, and I played it on Wii U. And, like, I love that game. Like, I think there are definitely some shortcomings to it, and um, I think the criticism of it is definitely warranted, but there's so much to, to love and enjoy. Like, for Zelda games, even the bad ones are still pretty good. And uh, Twilight mm-hmm. Princess definitely has a lot to enjoy, and the uh, the Temple of Twilight is just so like that that whole part of that game where you're actually entering the twilight realm is just so cool and it's like you don't know what's going to happen next it brings you so far outside of your comfort zone Um, and it's so like devastatingly beautiful too is like it's just such a cool unique art style for uh Mm -hmm. for everything in the twilight realm it's uh it's really awesome yeah for sure man uh twilight princess i i Again, like what Megan said, was this one of the more cinematic Zelda games? One of the first games that took that step. And then, like what you're saying, Dan, um, I, I I agree with some of the criticism, but for me, that doesn't detract from the overall value of Twilight Princess. It's still one of my favorite Zelda games. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of oh, my, yeah. my my tiered list, of course, is uh, Breath of the Wild and Majora's Mask are both my favorites. And I actually decided to come out of my comfort zone and not use any of those games as dungeon recommendations this time around. But um, I would say Wind Waker and Twilight Princess for me are about equal, uh, just a mm-hmm. step lower than that. So those are like mm-hmm. my number two together, and I can't decide which one I love better because I love them for different reasons. Um, and and Palace they're like the yin and yang of GameCube like era games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the precursor was Wind Waker, and then you have Twilight Princess, and they're like it, it's so two drastically different games for Zelda. So it's yeah. like they're kind of the yin and yang of each other. They're that drastically different. But there's something that they both have in common, I believe which is that they build off of Ocarina of Time. And this is why I, I hold them in higher regard, because I respect Ocarina of Time as being, like, the greatest Zelda the game. OG. The OG. The OG, the greatest Zelda game in the sense of advancement, and in, in the sense of what it brought. But in a personal favorite list, Wind Waker, I mean, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess come out on top for me because I feel they took everything that I loved about Twi- about Ocarina and, and, and improved on it, made it better, yeah, and did more with it. Um, and so... The when you of think Twi- of Zelda, you think of Ocarina. Like that's just the thing, you, you know. You do, but then you think about Twilight. Yeah. I think, or at least I do. Mm-hmm. You know, as an actual I think about I do. Skyward Sword, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight Princess is is a natural is is kind of a natural sequel to Ocarina of Time, or, or successor, I should say, because Majora's Mask is the sequel, but um it, it definitely is you know the next ocarina of time, or that's what it was trying to be. And the Palace of Twilight, I think, is is just an awesome. Uh, actually kind of new concept you know i mean you kind of get some hints of, uh, of shadow temple in there 
but it also is its own thing. And, it, and the whole Twilight Realm, in, you know, in general throughout the game kind of has this surreal beauty to it. But whenever you actually enter the real Twilight Realm, you know, the home world, and, and you see the Palace of Twilight, uh, it's utterly beautiful. And you got to even though I say the graphics are a little bit dated, I mean, when you look at it, the visuals are still incredible. Um, stunning. I love mm-hmm. building fear and building tension um, in in those those side quarter sections, getting the souls. I love the light sword, the um, the which is the you know the improvement on the master sword, and mm-hmm. and I love the boss Zant, and I love how uh, you can uh, how Zant reuses concepts from several different mini bosses and bosses throughout the game, and so yeah, it's you, almost like he was watching you the whole time. You know, it's intense. Yes, perfect. Yes, exactly. And, and, and that's what makes it so cool. And maybe you wanted to bring that up, Zach, and since this was your recommendation, you wanted to go for it, go for it, go for it. Okay, because <laughs> I I love yeah I love the I love the boss fight against Sand. I think it's one of the cooler boss, and I think that might make my list of like you know top bosses, bosses. for sure because yeah. of just how unique it was and how it took so many of the cooler boss fights in the game and combined it together with with kind of a twist on it and. Make forcing you to have to use all of your items from the game, which is good because a lot of those games were underutilized as they were. And, and then remember what weaknesses that you had to exploit in those in those previous battles. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because it's all of them combined into this one boss, and you're just like. It's not just, and I think that's another thing I love about it, is you're not just like, okay, what's my strategy? Like, you really have to think like, okay, if I do this, will he do this? I see that, you know, this reminds me of something from this part of the game. Like, there's so much about the the Zant fight that you're just like, what happens now? Yeah, like, flips literally flips you over on your head, and you're like, oh, shit, (laughs) shit. What a weirdo, dude. Um, But I guess I'll uh, transition that into my next pick, which, funny enough, um, I'm going to go for a, what? No, nope. I'm just messing with nope. you. Go ahead. I was like, no, for a second, I realized you were messing with me, but for a second, I was like, wait, is it not my turn? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with another uh, Twilight Princess title, uh, or Twilight Princess Dungeon, uh, yes. to kind of complete our, uh, our little thing we got going on here. So I'm going to do the Goron Mines. Ooh, yes! yes! I was, was hoping my, someone would talk about these. second to my Twilight Princess Yes! That dungeon is incredible. Yes, um, one of one of the most again a, a really innovative use of the items in the game, making the iron boots into a magnetic item. Uh, we, honestly, it's just brilliant because in the original use, they were in Ocarina of Time, they were just used to sink in water. Wind Waker added the ability to uh, to uh, walk past wind, yeah. and then uh, Twilight Princess adds this this magnetic component to it. Um, not only that, but it's the dungeon where you get the bow in the game. And I always think that that's, that's just a nice segment in any Zelda game. Once you get the bow, um, and, and, and this is early on, this is the second dungeon. Uh, you, but once you get the bow, it kind of really turns the tables for you in terms of a lot of the um, you know more aerial or, or distant enemies. So that, and, and then the, the mini bus, I really enjoy as well. I love that whole fight. I love the progression of what you do to get to the Goron Mines with the pseudo-wrestling. I hate that yes. the, only that one part in the whole game. <laughs> you know what happened one time is uh, my friend Steven, who originally I'd invited to be on the podcast. He hasn't come on yet, but he's been you know my friend for years since high school. Um, it was funny. is one time he came over to my house, and he was like, hey, can I play Twilight Princess? And I was like, yeah, sure, go for it. Um, and so he plays through where I was at in the game, and I told him, just don't save. Whatever you do, just don't save because um, 
you know, I want to play through this part again because I haven't played the game in a while. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then so he goes through <laughs> and it gets to the first pseudo wrestling match. And I'm like, did you save? Yeah, I did. Okay, that's fine. Just Son make sure, bitch. just just please make sure you don't save the second one because I want to do one of the pseudo matches in the game, please. And then he saved, and so I missed both pseudo matches in that playthrough. No. I was pissed. Been so I think angry. the only thing I don't like about that dungeon is like there's no, there's not a lot of music in the Goron mind, so you're just hearing katunk, 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 yeah, katunk when true. you're walking on the ceiling, and you're just like, yeah. fuck, yeah. this is annoying, and you just want to get through it as soon as possible because you're just sitting here. Katunk, 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 yeah, katunk. I will, mm-hmm. I will say that every single dungeon in Twilight Princess houses two pieces of heart. And this game is unique because you have to have five in yeah. order to complete a heart container instead of four. Which yep. I, I honestly liked. It added for more exploration, more puzzles, and more treasure. Yeah, but more. this game, I uh-huh. really like uh-huh. the this game. This this dungeon, the Goron Mines, utilizes that really well. Because not only do you have to use the magnetic feature of the boots, but you have to walk upside down and traverse different paths in order to find which one leads to the piece of heart and which one yep. uh, leads mm-hmm. to progression in the dungeon. And just walking on a ceiling of, and there's bats flying beneath you, you're like, y- oh, hey. <laughs> yep, and the, the only thing I will say is that it's very slow. I don't like that the slowness, but uh, shooting the ropes with um, your bow is always a really cool feature in Zelda games. I like being able to bring down ledges and platforms with that kind of technique. They have always utilized that very well, um, especially in Breath of the Wild. Good lord! But um, or as we're we not call it, about that game. Death of the Child. Oh God. <laughs> Oh my that god. That just got darker than Twilight <laughs> this Princess. Is dark. What did I sign up for? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. So I meant like I... I meant like Death of the Inner Child. You become a man when you play this game. Oh, I mean true. Okay. I mean that's still sad. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Sad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a I so when I was playing through this dungeon on the HD edition, there's um I like to try and 100% the dungeons and get all of the chests and everything. And there's one chest in this dungeon that I could not figure out how to get. And I finally looked it up. And you have to come back later because I believe you need the hook shot to reach it. And so there's just a chest hanging out on a ledge in the dungeon that you cannot get to. And you have to go and basically beat another dungeon and then return to it to um, get this chest. And I'm not even sure what's in it. It's either a piece of heart or it might be like 100 rupees. I, I it's, forget. It's 100 rupees. The it's pieces 100 rupees. Of heart, okay. The pieces of heart are located at the end of one of the magnetic trails. And the other one is in a chest underneath that really big uh, spire that's in the center where you mm-hmm. first go to get the key, and then you have to attach to the swinging magnetic thing and wrap around. But, um, yeah, that would be sad if they had to make you come back and get a piece of heart, but I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, go ahead, Dan. I was just going to say it was infuriating trying to figure out. I was like, I got to be able to reach that somehow. And then I finally, I um, I buy the collector's edition Zelda guides when the games come out. And so I, was, I looked into it. It's like, I could just Google this, but I paid like 30 bucks for this book. So I'm going to open it up and get my answer <laughs> here. And, uh, and yeah, they're like, oh, you got to come back with the hook shot and find that later. It's like, all right, well, I'll keep playing the game then. You know you're a real Zelda player whenever you have the book and you're still playing through it years and years later and it's like mm-hmm. duct taped together and there's like earmarks and all of the pages that you need that are important and oh, you I don't know, even yeah. want to. I don't even want y'all to see mine because they're just like, oh, they're they're bad. Dungeon? It's fun to take those 
guides with you and just read them. Go ahead, Ash. No, uh, I was going to say, uh, dungeon puzzles that require you to go back with a different item kind of frustrate me. I mean, it's cool. It gives you it gives you an opportunity. I'm glad that it's there because it gives you an opportunity to explore the dungeon again, which you normally wouldn't do. But it, it, it kind of does annoy me in, in one sense because I'm not likely to go back there and do it. Um, yeah. Ever. I'm not, you know, for me... Like, <laughs> I'm gonna, it's not something I'm gonna, to think about. Yeah, exactly, but... Um, if more Zelda games added the ability to just like add notes to your map, that would be great. I like the way that Breath of the Wild just kind of lets you add like items or like little icons so you would know to come back. But um, yeah, did y'all like or dislike? Because I can kind of see both sides of this. Because um, I remember you mentioning the ruby chest in the Grand Mines. Did y'all like or dislike the fact that in the original version of the game, Link would put the rupees back in the chest if he didn't have enough room in his wallet for it? I hated it. <sighs> I despise right. it. Having wanting to 100% a dungeon when that happens, it's like, okay, now there's just this this chest symbol on my map now yes. that I can't do anything with. Yep. Yep. I'd I would intentionally go to a shop them. and go buy some fucking potion just to go back. Like, I hated <laughs> yeah. it. They took that out in the HD version because I think for the, the consensus was most people didn't like that. I, I'm kind of torn on it because part of me you know, also hated that it was, it was so annoying that every time I would go into a dungeon... I, I might have some chests that were left over that I didn't, you know, and it, w- it would bother me because I'd, I would have to revisit the dungeon once again. That's something I'm not one... likely to want to do. But then yeah, later on, free money. But you know where the definitely, money is. But, but not that's definitely something they need to take away from Skyward Sword. Telling you every single time you find an item, like a claw or a smaller rupee. like At I least it doesn't do once. it with every rupee like Twilight Princess does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I Congratulations! Really another, thing version, another thing the HD version. Another thing the HD version. Five rupees! Yeah, this you. is so excited. The game is more excited for you than you are about five rupees. I know. <laughs> so like, if the like, Skyward like Sword I, remake uh, would also fix that, please. Games like money, yay! And you're like, okay, guys. <laughs> Tell me the first money, time like, I get cool, it. Thanks. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Not the first time I, I get it when I reload agree. the game. <laughs> Yeah, right. I love, um, and I, I mentioned this, I think, before we started recording, but when you're playing through the tutorial of Twilight Princess, it not only assumes that you've never played a Zelda game, it assumes you've never played any video game ever. Like, it's <laughs> such a thorough, like, this is what the A button does. This is all these things. Let's go herd these goats for 20 minutes. Like, it just brings you <laughs> through so many things. Yeah, I love that though because like if you're gonna start like if I'm recommending a Zelda game like obviously it's my favorite so I'm gonna be like Twilight Princess but if you've never played a Zelda game it's a great introduction. It is a good starter actually. It's I'll agree. True. Ocarina of Time is kind of the go-to starter, but for a lot of like modern gamers it might feel really dated, and the game isn't yeah. very big in scope. Yeah. So. Twilight Princess is almost a perfect starter. Wind Waker was my first start, at, you know, starting Zelda game, but I wouldn't recommend it because it's it's so different. Um, I understood mm-hmm. that when I played it. I knew that it, this was different than the other Zelda games, even though I hadn't really played them. But um, yeah, Twilight Princess is actually almost almost perfect because it's very similar to Ocarina of Time, but it might appeal to more modern gamers in the sense that um, the graphics are a little bit better, the game is a little bit longer, the world is bigger, there's more to do, and and that tutorial segment kind of does easy win a little bit. Maybe playing a game for the first time that may uh, that a Zelda game for the first time they may not be as frustrating for for everyone else because we're kind of spoiled. We we Zelda games usually you know kind of push you into the adventure and don't. Um, hold your hand too much um of course twilight princess and skyward sword being notable examples of the opposite but well we still have four dungeons to get through we still have four dungeons to get through and we're over an hour so i guess let's get through it (laughs) all right Mm. 
<laughs> My man, Dan. All right. Tell well, I'm plan. I'm gonna bring us over to uh, Link's Awakening, which I played originally a couple summers ago, and then I played the remake on Switch. And um, the Catfish's Maw is uh, one of the most memorable yeah. dungeons in that okay. game. It's the dungeon where you get the hook shot. It's where you have to fight the uh, Master Stalfos, like from room to room, and there yep. are multiple battles there. And then the boss in that dungeon is a slime eel in which you need to use the hook shot and try to uh, hit it in the face. I just I love like the um, the more like water type themed levels. Not water levels. I don't really like those. But just having something <laughs> around, you know, not quite Water Temple of Ocarina of Time, but having uh, just these cool, um, like, elements in here, I thought that was really cool. So the Catfish's Maw was definitely a highlight of uh, that game. That's yeah. the one in Martha's Bay that the ghost follows you to, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I believe so. And, dude, Lee... <laughs> Oh man, I just snorted. I got so excited, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I went oh. <laughs> but uh, no, Link's Awakening the remake is just breathtaking. It is so good, and Catfish's Maw is that's level six, right? Uh, I forget exactly which level it is. I can look up real quick, but I think which, it's yeah, up which there. Which instrument do you get? Hey, you're breathtaking. Yeah, you're thanks. too much. <laughs> <laughs> wait, are you talking to me or are you talking to Dan here? Honestly, Valentine's Day passed, wait, my dude. Wait, ladies, <laughs> you, I don't, you can't um, shoot your shot. Sorry, sorry, guys, I'm I'm married, so but um, damn, I, I was actually Zach was the one that brought up the word breathtaking. To be fair, you know what? I wasn't even talking about human appearance. You brought the. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring up. I had to bring up the Keanu Reeves reference. I'm sorry, it had to happen. <laughs> You're breathtaking. <laughs> Your breathtaking. That was one of my favorite E three moments. Like yes. that and giant enemy crab, if anyone remembers that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay. So E three needs to hurry up and get here. So Dan, you see... <laughs> that, was, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. I'm um I'm trying to see exactly where in the game Catfish's Maz. I think number it's, five. Uh, it it's is number, number five. five, okay. What's the instrument um, that you get? You get the wind marimba. The wind marimba. Nice. Da, 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 oh, God, you're bringing me back. The, I think that's the tune that plays with every single... Dude, the yeah. final song, the Windfish's song, is so beautiful. Oh, God. Da, 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 and in uh, Majora as well, right? Yeah. Whatever, you, that one section. Oh, oh yeah. Side quest. Yeah. Oh yeah, man! Music, music in Zelda games is always fun when you get to oh, interact and the best. use it to, um, like in the Ages and Seasons games, you just collect the essences and they just spin around in a really fast circle and deflect <laughs> evil. But the instruments in Link's Awakening are very special because you f- basically spend the whole game collecting this orchestra of instruments, mm-hmm. and at the very end, you conduct that piece to wake the windfish, and you go in the egg and kill the nightmare it's just it's such a good classic game and i think if they picked they couldn't have picked a better game to fully remaster first because that's yeah. the first fully remastered zelda game that we've ever seen link between worlds mm. being a close second because it's basically a reimagining of a link to the past it's not a but, remaster actually it's a remake that that's what it mm-hmm. is and so that's why it's it's uh, yeah it's the first like true remake in the zelda series that that we've ever had mm-hmm and yeah, it's, it's very beautiful. It runs at 60 iconic. FPS if you're not doing anything at all. 
and then once you start <laughs> moving, it goes to a solid 50. Yeah, so. um, and the Cabbage's Maw, that's the one, I believe, where you fight the Master self Stealthos three times. Yes. yes the yes, mini-boss yes. that mm-hmm. doesn't die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what keeps coming back. It's so frustrating. And with uh, when you get the hook shot, so in Link's Awakening, there's that whole trading sequence that you need to do in order to finally beat the game. And there's just characters mm-hmm. all over the world who, you know, I need this item, I need this. And so you have to go and, and be their errand boy, basically. Yeah. And so it's this uh, very extended sequence. But the Catfish's Maw is where you're able to get the hook shot and able to finally complete the um, final parts of that trading sequence and be yeah. able to get to the the end stages of the game what is what is it name eyeglass uh what's the name of the eyeglass that you get that allows you to read the book in the library that shows uh, you oh, the I pathway forget. inside of the egg dude so, the oh my gosh the trading sequences in the 2d zelda games are the best Oh, I love it. I love being able to trade. There's one in Seasons, Ages, and Link's Awakening. I haven't seen a trading sequence in any other game. I love being able to trade. <laughs> I'm quoting you from that from now on. Just, just so memorable. <laughs> I love Zachary being Gio. able to trade. I love being able to trade. True American. Uh, and, and that item, I, I think it's just the magnifying glass is what it's called. Very boring glass? name. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's like, what is the name of this great item? He's like, magnifying glass. All right, Megan. (laughs) Moving on, Megan. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Um, You know, I've kind of had a hard time picking this one just because, like, uh, there was a couple that I really wanted to do. And, like, we were going to do five originally. Um, I'm thinking probably my next pick would probably be um, probably the Stone Tower Temple. Majora's Mask. Yeah. Bagels. So that is probably my number one favorite dungeon. I got. I'm not gonna lie because um, I, I believe I, I had it as my number one on, on the top ten list. Um, and y'all know uh, Majora's Mask is my favorite Zelda game along with uh, Breath. But uh, out of the the dungeons in Breath of the Wild are are in some senses kind of underwhelming. So Stone Tower Temple comes out on top. That's the best dungeon in the best Zelda game. And man, um, I'm sorry. I'm going to let you get into it. I'm not. I'm not going to take over your thing. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, I, I figured that this would be a pick for a couple of us because you know we all love Majora's Mask and we've talked about it. You know this is you know with the dungeons. Of course, this will be the third time. Um, so for me, I just love the fact that the Stone Tower Temple. You get to be all forms, right? So you're traversing through, you have to, you know, switch back and forth and back and forth. You're human, you're Goron, you're, you know, Deku. It's just like, it's so crazy because you're just like doing this and this and this for me. It like reminds myself of myself because like, you know, like I'm always multitasking and doing like 10 things at once. And pretty much in this dungeon, you're always doing like 10 things at once. It's just like, you're going from this to shooting an arrow to doing this to doing this. And you're just like, oh my God, like, when does it stop? And also I love the fact that like... There's a couple of the games, you know, where you can see, you know, like, obviously where you're going next, but you can see this literally from Romani Ranch. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. The, Massive. The Stone, the stone the, Tower, yeah. It's, it's freaking huge. Like, you, it's actually one that you're like, I know I'm going to have to go there eventually. And, Getting um, there is a bitch, too. That's a tower so massive, it hides a whole fucking temple inside of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> It's just, I I really had a hard time, you know, picking this, either that or the Forest Temple from Ocarina, because, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, they're yeah. both so good. But this the one, Forest I just, Temple. yeah, yeah I just really, really loved 
being able to, you know, have so much of the aspects of gameplay in this one, because, like, you're not just like, okay, this is meant for this purpose, and I'm just going to use this one item. Like, you're using almost all of your items in this dungeon. You also, I, I love this dungeon because once you go all the way through it, it flips upside down. Yeah, I was to about to back, say that. And you have to yeah. go back through it again. I think that that's a really cool, and the mirror shield is dope. Yeah. I love the design of the mirror shield in this game. It's really cool. It looks just like a Goron face almost. But mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I love that this game also, you know, like, not this game. Dang it, we keep saying game and it's stuck in my head. <laughs> this dungeon, um, I love that this dungeon literally turns itself on its head and it's like, okay, you thought you were done and you're like, oh man, that was pretty easy, you know, for like the hardest freaking game in the Zelda, you know, series. You know, this was not too bad. And then it's like, and then you're like, oh, no, no. And you just get so mad because you're like, you're joking. It's I have one of the to go harder through ones. this whole thing over again, and yes. it's like completely different. It's long enough on its own, and then you have like a whole, you know, half of it upside down. It's one of the harder ones that's that's to to hundred percent because you have to keep flipping it several times just to get to that point. And plus, uh, you're yeah. already on a time limit. You know, yes. it's so hard to hundred percent this game in general. That is a this is a dungeon. Most temples and and Majora's Mask. I had a, I um habit of resetting time so i'd have the entire three-day cycle to tackle the dungeon normally i wouldn't need it normally i'd get it done within the first or second day right Uh, stone tower temple is one that you kind of need all three days you really do yeah you really do if you're gonna 100 percent it for sure like if you're gonna get all of the fairies and everything else that the dungeon has to offer um yeah there's there's a lot to do um play the inverted song of time get more time for yourself Mm -hmm. well for sure Yeah. yeah There's no I way. I don't know how people do a three-day challenge with this game. Which Ash has I've tried it so many times. Done. I have tried it. It seems impossible. It's almost. It is impossible in the 3DS version because they they changed the speed at which the inverted song of time runs, which really pisses me off. Because there's things I love about it and there's things I hate about it, and we've talked about it before. But mm. um, oh, yeah. I the three-day challenge is particularly difficult. Just that initial part of it. I, I feel like. If I could just get to Romani Ranch before the second, before the first night, I'd be okay. But yeah. um, or or before during the first day, that's really the struggle. Is you have to get through um, half of the first dungeon. Ha- I mean, half of the uh, uh, Woodfall Temple, half of the Snowhead Temple. Get the fire arrows, melt the ice, get the powder keg, and then blow up Romani Ranch and get Epona all before the first night, so that you can have Epona to get to the uh, kind of graveyard on the first night and that's the only reason yeah. you have to do that. everything else you can do pretty Ooh. much as you normally would but um yeah just because you have to get so much at once yeah the fr- it's just like <laughs> i haven't managed ugh. to do it yet i haven't managed to get through that first section yet just because you have to really know your shit and i know my shit when it comes i tried to it one time and cried for two hours afterwards because i could not perfectly. do it i mean yeah. it's nice having emulator or, or virtual console safe states i will say that does make it quite a bit easier, although some may consider that cheating. I understand if you feel that way. But I, 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 I'm honestly just trying to get through it. I'm trying to get through it. And even yeah. then, safe states aren't as helpful as you'd like them to be because if you mess up at all and you lose time, you don't want to you don't want to save that. You want to kind of go back to a safe state before you screwed everything up. So <laughs> Yep. Um, but yeah, Stone Tower Temple, I love the item, the light arrows, I love the boss twin mold, um, definitely better than the original version of the game, although I do appreciate 3DS version kind of splitting that up and forcing you to use the giant's mask was cool, um, but finding the giant's mask as an optional item and beating that boss kind of did make it a little bit cooler. I loved getting that mask. Well, um, okay, so... (sighs) 
Are we are we doing the last ones here, Ash? Let's do it. Yeah, oh, you're, it's it's, it's uh, your pick last, Zach. Oh my god, dude! This took me forever to really think about, but then once the dungeon popped into my head, I was like, "There's no other choice." And I feel like Ash knows what my choice is, but I'm definitely gonna have to go with Skykeep from Skyward Sword. <laughs> I knew it. That is knew one it. of the best dungeons in the Zelda series. I absolutely love it because not only does it take place in your in your home village of Skyloft, up in the sky. There once you once you get that second eye and you put it in the statue, it just turns around slowly. And then just fires a little cannonball into the side of that giant rock. And it's so funny because it's just quiet and still for a second after it happens. <laughs> and you're just watching this whole cutscene. And you're like, is that it? And then the Isle of the Goddess starts shaking. And the bottom of it just cracks open. And the cinematic is so powerful because the music in that game is unmatched. It's, it's just this thing, this giant spiral castle, this upside down castle is coming out of the bottom of the Isle of the Goddess and it's intense and it fires out and that same statue that fired out that little ball fires out these four little things. You don't even know what they are but they have <laughs> hookshot they have hookshot, they're targets. You, they have hookshot targets and you pull yourself to the, uh, you pull yourself to the entrance and Link closes his eyes it's so cool. Link closes his eyes and kind of puts the sword to his chest. And then he looks at the staircase. And for the first time in the game, he just sprints straight up the staircase going nice. into the dungeon. Once mm. you get into Skykeep, the music is amazing. It's this instantly ominous harp and like choir vocals that just are so dark and deceptive that just kind of like go th go. You hear them and you just kind of shiver a little bit because it's kind of eerie. But the whole. The whole point of this dungeon is to find the shards of the Triforce, the courage, the Triforce of courage, power, and wisdom. And basically, this game, this whole dungeon is one giant puzzle where you have to go to these stations and use the uh, use what I, what would you call them? Like tablets or something like that. They're these giant podiums that you yeah. can literally switch the design of the entire dungeon to make certain rooms line up. Yeah, and that is so phenomenally brilliant to me. And trying to it find is, the most like efficient way to like go through multiple rooms at once. It's I, I, ingenious. Yeah. The puzzles are awesome. It includes diff a different taste of each section that you visited. Like there's a Farron Woods section that kind of emulates the ancient cistern as well as the Skyview Temple. They kind of mold those together. It's really cool. The second one is like the Fire Sanctuary, but with a more earthy Earth Temple vibe with how it's laid out. And the final section is basically like the shadow, not the shadow temple, the bottom of the ancient cistern, as well as you have to use time shift stones to solve, um, to solve like a little puzzle to be able to hit certain targets with arrows. And once you're able to find all the pieces of the Triforce, that's it. There's no boss. There's no anything like that. It immediately gives you the chance to go into the past once again, fight the imprisoned, which sucks. That I I hate that fight so much. And then once you finally go into the fuck past, the imprisoned, yeah, I hate it. Once you finally <laughs> go into the past, Girahim takes Zelda and goes down to the bottom of the uh, whatever it's called, the sacred grove or whatever it is. Sacred it's at grounds. the bottom and sacred grounds, yeah, or sacred realm or whatever it is, and uh, sealed grounds. That's what they're called. Sealed grounds, yeah, and. Once you're out there, Girahim has started the ritual at the bottom of the grounds, and you just 
have to go all the way around while facing just horde after horde of Bokoblins. Yeah. You fight Gearhim, and then you fight Demise in what is probably the coolest boss atmosphere oh in the God, entire yes. series. But Skykeep just leads up to all of that, and that's why this is such a good dungeon. It doesn't have a boss, but it connects with the very end of the game. Kind of like Hyrule Castle from Twilight Princess, except the boss and the dungeon are directly connected. Once you open the boss door, yeah. there you fight the four stages. But... I love Skykeep so much. It takes elements from the entire game, has you rely on every single item. The Elden-style puzzle, you have to use the beetle to hit the switches and time arrow shots perfectly. It's hard. It's just, it's brilliantly done, and it's very difficult. And the time, it's my favorite. The time shift puzzles are, are fairly difficult, too. In oh, yeah. Section. I remember getting a little bit stumped, even on my most recent playthrough. And, you know, I, I beat it before, but... Um, yeah, Skykeep is, is one of my favorites. I'm surprised Cistern was on nobody's list because I actually deliberately kept it off my list because I know somebody was going to bring it up. So it's actually number one on my list, but I ended up going with the Sand Ship instead. But I love the Ancient Cistern so much. Okay. Oh, yeah, dude, that's such a good dungeon. Good. Good. I'm glad at least it was on someone's like backup. Um, yeah, I, I, Skykeep is, is one of the more phenomenal ones for me. Um, I, I should have seen that one coming for you, Zach, because you've really uh, ranted to me about that one before. I know you like that. God, one. I love that dungeon. And, I and, love uh, that dungeon. I, I, think, I think maybe they're like, they're like fake pee hats. That, that's what I see them as, those little claw shot targets. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I enjoy that one quite a, quite as quite as a bit as well because it does offer a sample of what every you know kind of puzzle and area has to offer in the game, and it is definitely I believe a good uh, uh, trial of both courage, power, and wisdom. And I like how you collect each piece of the Triforce. I think it's the mm -hmm. only Zelda game that actually has you complete the Triforce. Mm -hmm. And leading up to Skykeep, you have to do. One of I love the Silent Realms. They're some of my favorite parts about Skyward Sword. I how like terrifying! Yeah. They're terrifying and they're difficult yes. because once you once you wake up the guardians, they are all hunting you, and that is a horrific experience. <laughs> and so, getting that last uh, getting that last tier, and or whatever it is, whatever you're collecting tiers. Yeah, I think they're tiers. But and you get the gift. What what's the gift that you get? It's the eye, right? That you put it's in the statue? The eye you put in the statue, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, oh my gosh. Oh, that's I right. see your cat, Megan. <laughs> yeah, that's Margo. Margo. <laughs> Iris is just asleep. Any, uh, any, any, any other thoughts? I, I know you haven't played it, Megan, but any other thoughts? No, y'all uh, are making me super stoked for this game, though, because y'all have talked so much about Skyward Sword. Well, you, I'm like, oh, you gotta I switch gotta now. It. So it's amazing. I know, I'm so stoked. Oh, any thoughts yeah. on the Skykeep, Dan? I am really excited to revisit uh, Skyward Sword in general. So many dungeons in this game I don't remember that well, including Skykeep. Um, but I love... Skyloft is one of my favorite locations just in any game, and I feel like in a lot of ways it felt similar to Clocktown from Majora's Mask. Not necessarily yes. like it, because it's exactly like that, but just having a centralized hub from where you have like a home base. Like I felt like I hadn't had a home in a Zelda game in a long time. So it felt nice to have a place to return to with familiar people. And there was um, like actual, you know, people you could talk to and, and get to know the NPCs more than some of the other Zelda games. I did like that kind of having that hub as, as, as a, as a Skyloft. I don't like that the, the game map is so separated, but the fact that you always yeah. have Skyloft to return to actually does. It is a really cool aspect of the game that I enjoy. Um, I guess we'll go. We'll go into my into our final picks. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and reveal both of them. Um, but I'm gonna 
my final uh, dungeon rec- dungeon recommendation is going to be the uh, Forest Temple from Ocarina of Time. Um, yes. If one of y'all had Mine taken too. that, it was going to be the Shadow Temple. So I had kind of both backed up there. Me too. And, and you took you took <laughs> yeah. my other pick, which is Snow Peak. So that's that's why I had us all pick five. And I'll let you go. I'll give you guys a chance to at least shout out the ones that y'all had. But um, Forest Temple for me was going to be my main choice between the two, just because like the it's, it's got what I love about the Stone Tower Temple, and that you literally turn the entire world upside down. I love that there are uh, certain parts of the dungeon where everything is completely. Um, just, just twisted all around. I love the fact that, sh- uh, and they br- bring this back. I think Arbiter's Grounds was one that would have e- could have easily made my list as well. Um, yes, but we I, have similar thoughts I think, on this. I think in the same way that I wanted to leave some some Skyward for Zach, I wanted to leave some Twilight for you. Um, but uh, okay. I love that the Forest Temple was uh, w- they kind of brought that back in the Arbiter's Grounds with the four pose <gasps> thing. So uh, getting the four Poe sisters uh, and fighting each of them. And then finally, the boss of Phantom Ganon, who is uh, you know, one, of, one of the more memorable bosses in the game. And, and just the, the whole uh, theme in the Forest Temple is, is kind of haunting. <laughs> it's the first uh, dungeon in the game that features Wallmasters, which still terrify me to this day. I'm like, no, 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 don't bring me to the beginning of the dungeon. Ah! <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dude, we have been talking for how long now? About an uh, hour and some. Let's see. Hour and a half. Sorry, guys. My ish. husband came home. Yeah. Alan! Alan! Yo! <laughs> there's a lot of man. cool stuff in, in the Forest Temple, and there's more. Um, I don't have the specifics to speak to it now, but there's so many like fan articles and YouTube videos about like the origin of the Forest Temple and yeah. how it was built, why it was created, and there's so much more stuff into the lore of that that is super cool that I definitely recommend checking out and looking more into. And it's, oh, it's yeah. the first dungeon that you, uh, that you come into as Adult Link. Yes. Yeah, it also has probably the best music out of any dungeon mm-hmm. in the entire series. You yeah. stole the words it's out so, of my mouth. <laughs> it's so good. Like the music is something that you can listen to on repeat when you're like just having a chill time, whether you're working on something. But it's sort of haunting, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's enough to it's enough to keep you on your toe on your toes and keep you focused on what you're doing. So yeah, I'm so excited to do another Ocarina playthrough. It's been too long. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, yeah, for I need me, to finish uh, this playthrough. I think I'm that doing. the Zelda game I've probably played through the most amount of times. That in Majora. Twilight Princess. Yeah. What were you gonna I've say? Done Twilight Princess like I've done Twilight Princess like fifteen times. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I will still play through it. I do not care. <laughs> Your fault. I just ah mm, there's just so much that I love about the Forest Temple and ugh, I don't even know where to start because like I just it it's like one of the biggest moments because like you go into the game as a child and you go into inside the Deku tree, which is technically your first, you know, kind of like dungeon. And then it's paralleled as an adult in the forest temple. And I just, I, Oh, there's so much that I love about it. And it just really kind of, for me, it really brings the game together because you're kind of cut up into all these parts throughout the game. And it just really brings like this. Okay. This is the, you know, like the really driving part for you as an adult um, where you're getting, you know, this first big temple, when you're in your adult self. I know that yeah. sounds really weird, but like Ocarina is really weird. Zelda is really weird. It, it <laughs> sets the tone for the game because ma- most mm-hmm. of the game of Ocarina really is set more in the adult period. It's not really half and half. It's like, 
you know, like a, like a third and two thirds maybe. But uh, yeah. it, it really sets the stage for what's going to be the rest of the game and, and, and really sets the tone for that whole segment. Um, and only reason I was going to pick Shadow Temple as, as a possible alternative is because I, I know that one kind of subverts expectations that it, what, of what a dungeon should be because after really yeah. setting the standard for dungeons throughout awkward at time, that's the one that really kind of throws you for a loop. Like you don't use the dungeon item to defeat the boss and, and some other things like that. And, and it's just so creepy and weird and all the spitting uh, traps. But when I really think about in it, the hand, yeah, for forest temple was um, also creepy and, and just more memorable in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the dungeons that you immediately think of when you think of awkward of time. Yeah, for me, it's the Water Temple and the Forest Temple. Like, that's the two I think of. Like, of course, whenever you think of a Zelda game, you're like, stupid freaking Water Temple. Like, if I had to pick five worst dungeons, it would just be all of the Water Temples that I've been through. Like, come on now. But a future um, episode, top, top, top uh, five worst or, or top five worst. Does that work? Bottom five? I don't know. Top five worst Zelda dungeons. <laughs> yeah. And they would all be Water Temples. <laughs> they would all be Zelda CDI. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, yeah CBI doesn't horrible. really. CBI doesn't really have dungeons, and, and that's I've, not I, a Zelda game. We've that's pl- like the Walmart Zelda game. No, it's not, and we we've played it. It's bad. It's not. That's one of those games that it's worth like the cutscenes are so bad that they're good. It's worth like checking out a playthrough of it. And it's not worth playing. <laughs> it, like you don't. Need, it's not even like even one of those experiences that you need to have. Um, any <laughs> other thoughts on the the Forest Temple guys? Um, I love how it kind of connects with the Arbiter's Grounds and how Twilight Princess kind of gives it a little homage by doing the four post souls. Yeah. Uh, again, I really mm-hmm. like that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head. Phantom Ganon is one mm-hmm. of the best bosses in Ocarina of Time, in my opinion. Oh, yes. And it kind of gives you a little taste of how you're going to fight him. In When you think of bosses, of you think of Ganon. I mean, that's um, for me personally. When I think of like, an intense boss, a scary boss, I think of Ganondorf. Ganondorf. Oh, yeah. I, we always called him Ganondorf. I don't know about y'all. Yeah. But he's just he's because he's got this big old nose and like if you put on glasses, he looks like a stereotypical nerd. <laughs> he can I'm literally just smell the Triforce. <laughs> yes. Like it's just Power he's, he's weird. <laughs> oh man. Join me, Link, and I shall make you one of the greatest faces in Koridai, or else you will die. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we've been rambling, but dungeons are one of easily one of the best things about the Zelda series. That sense of exploration, finding things, solving puzzles. I really think The Legend of Zelda does it the best with these different segments. Now, I wish that Breath of the Wild had gone more in detail with traditional style dungeons, but the Divine Beasts were very unique and very enjoyable, but they did not make our list for that very reason cuz <laughs> yeah, yeah, um so I guess kind of let's go around then and let's, I, you know, I know we're over on time, but just real quick, I'm curious about what some of you guys' other picks were. Um, just, you know, real quick. Um, um, my other pick was Arbiter's Grounds from Twilight Princess, so we kind of, we matched each other on that one, Ash. Um, I was definitely going to include, uh, what is it? Oh, my God. It's escaping my brain. No, come on, Zach. <sighs> I was about to say the Wind Temple from the Wind Waker, but I actually hate that dungeon. I so love that dungeon. I, Earth, the Earth Temple in Wind Waker was called the Wind Temple. There, that, there ah. we go. Dark, Hy- Dark Hyrule Castle from the Minish Cap. Oh, that dungeon yeah. is phenomenal. Just the climb, the the bosses, and the mini bosses, and then uh, oh, and your first choice, a, yeah, Palace and of the Vati, Winds. Palace of the Winds, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, that was my first choice. I See, we've been recording for such a while, I already <laughs> forgot that I originally chose Palace of Winds. I love that. I love that my dungeon. Dude. It's, a, it's a really good one. It's kind of like a an add-on to the third dungeon, the Temple of Winds. Yeah. Um, because you don't find the mm-hmm. element. You don't find the element in the Temple of Winds. You find basically where the element of wind is. And so you have to traverse that and get the final element from the Palace of Winds. So it's really cool. That whole story arc is awesome. But Dark Hyrule Castle perfectly sums up, you know, the end of a 2D game, the way its styles and puzzles coalesce. And you have to use every item at some point. It's just really fun. Dan, you said the Ancient Cistern and what else? Yeah, well, Ancient Cistern, which was the dungeon that uh, taught me what a cistern is, uh, which the definition of that word is just a tank for storing water, uh, (laughs) especially for supplying taps or a flushing toilet. So not sure feeling differently about uh, that temple, but no, that was great. Um, The Shadow Temple was another one of mine. Yep. A lot of lore behind that, especially when you look at some of like the torture chamber parts of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Disturbing. And I love the um that like ship, the boat that you get on, and you have to battle as it takes you like the through the afterlife. Of the dead. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last one I had was the Cave of Flames from the Minish Cap. Yes, um, come on, yeah. oh, that's a good one. Yes, Lots of really is. good dungeons in Minish Cap, and that was definitely one of one of the ones I liked. I've oh, heard yeah. some of the lore of the Shadow Temple. I, I'd have to check out the Forest Temple lore that you were talking about earlier. I'll have to check that out because I, I haven't seen too much of that. Yeah, there's like a, a half hour long video on YouTube that a user created a couple of years ago that went around and it dives really, really deep into theories about the origin of the uh, the Forest Temple. It's not Matt Pet though, is it? <laughs> no, no, it is not. This is different. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I guess that's good for now. Y'all seem kind of burnt out. I mean, y'all are like, y'all are like zombies. Um, I'm about I'm about to hit the three hour mark. This is lit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's true yeah yeah we have been on the call because because we had that initial recording session so <laughs> um but yeah i mean you can find collateral gaming wherever you get your podcasts we are on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts pandora youtube um, or wherever else you can also find us on social media we are on instagram facebook and twitter try to stay up with those and we have a Patreon. We have uh, one in $5 tiers. Uh, paying any amount of money will give you access to our Let's Play video game commentaries. Uh, and we've actually been kind of releasing a few more of those. Finally got a little bit up to date. Um, we have done our very first one was on Fable 3. We did, uh, and that's the only one that's available for free. Everything else you got to pay for, aside from the very first episode of each of each playthrough, we give you a little taste. So we've done, we've got one on Breath of the Wild that's still ongoing. We've done one on uh, Zelda CDI on the Link, Link, the Faces of Evil. Um, I've got one started on Assassin's Creed 2, and then one on uh, Majora's Mask. Oh, nice! Heck yeah, dude! Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's looking to be a pretty good year for games. It's only March, so we yeah we've got a lot of good stuff to hopefully talk about. Hopefully, since we've yes. dove into Zelda pretty much recently, it's it's really hopeful that we'll see a lot more Zelda content this year. We can only hope, you know. Please. Um, Th- that's we, what I, I, this episode coincided with. By the way, sorry, I didn't mean to cut oh, you yeah. off. But no, you're good. Thirty fifth anniversary of Zelda is kind of the reason why I wanted to come back and and do like another Zelda bonus round episode. So. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more as the year goes on, but it's also the 35th anniversary of Metroid, another title that Ash and yes. I absolutely love. Yes. Uh, Dan, do you like Metroid? You 
I do, and I am so excited to see Nintendo ignore it once again. And <laughs> trying to not screech because Dude, I was about nothing. to say the same thing. Dude, Metroid uh, Prime. I literally love Metroid so much. Samus Metroid, is Bay. Yeah. Metroid Prime is probably one of the best games of all time. I oh. love that game. If they remaster it, I would cry my eyes out. Yeah. Absolutely. They're going to have to do something. I'm fairly new to Metroid, so I've only played Metroid Prime and Metroid Prime 2 on the Wii U with the Trilogy Collection, and 3 is on my list as well. Uh, mm. But no, I love those games. They're they're super challenging. I can't get through without a guide, personally. The puzzles are just like so intrinsic, like on another level compared to love Zelda it. or other games. Yeah. Um, but no, they're so fun, and I love just the idea of like like a, a sci-fi Nintendo game being set in outer space like that's awesome it's so, kind of like the really space cool. zelda in a lot of ways is what i it really it is and i tell uh, people that anyone that loves zelda you should play metroid and speaking of which that's our next game that we're doing uh ghost of tsushima fusion, part two baby. should be out by the time this is out and then we're going to be doing metroid fusion as yes, our next title nice. um dan did you real quick did you want to uh kind of plug your uh plug victims and villains for us yeah, absolutely. So I am primarily over at the Victims and Villains podcast. If you guys want to come check us out over there, we do um, really anything with pop culture. We cover movies, we cover shows, all through the lens of mental health and promoting um, awareness of uh, suicide and suicide prevention. So there's um, a lot of really good work being done with the guys over there. And uh, yeah, we occasionally talk video games too. So definitely keep an eye out um, on my Twitter at DRock. 6499. I got to really get a better handle with um, fewer numbers. But apart from that, it's, uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of really fun stuff going on over there. Yeah, yeah, anytime we're talking about podcasts, I know for uh, definitely Ash and I, whenever we say, you know, if you don't want to listen to us, we always recommend Victims and Villains. We love y'all. I, li I personally listen to y'all's podcast a lot on my way home from work. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I try to, to stay up to date. And if y'all release anything that I'm, you know, that, that, that's interesting to me, um, I definitely like to keep up with that and listen to the perspective. And Captain Nostalgia is fun. Have had a lot of good time recording with him. Um, we've interacted uh, with the Victims and Villains podcast a couple times. Uh, personally, mm -hmm. with Collateral Gaming, like we mentioned before, we did that Majora's a Mask episode. Dan was on that as well. Uh, we did the live stream where we did the Awareness-a-thon. Uh, Collateral that Cinema and Collateral Gaming both had uh, an hour, an hour uh, segment Spot. on each of those. And Megan joined me for that. Um, Collateral Cinema has interacted with victims and villains a couple of times as well. Um, looks like we may be even kind of doing a, an annual thing where we uh, do our Christmas special together. So, because um, we've done it for two years now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, and we so we, we did our most recent like kind of a, a Christmas crosscast uh, or holiday crosscast uh, on that. Um, if you don't listen to Collateral Cinema, that is the video or the movie podcast counterpart to Collateral Gaming, our sister podcast and. Um, where we started out from. Uh, I'm, a I'm a host on that as well. I do that with Bo Maddox and Robert Ortegon. And Zach's going to join on with us fairly soon. Uh, I know yes, Zach wanted to hop on one of our episodes. So uh, we'll be doing that Alan's soon. Alan's planning on being on an episode eventually. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. And and Dan, I know, you know you're a movie guy too. So if you ever want to be in Collateral mm. Cinema, reach out. Um, you can reach out to me or you can reach out to Bo. You know, because we're, we're always down to have people on. <laughs> 
please. That'd be awesome. I'm actually, when I get off here, I will be revisiting uh, Man of Steel for the first time for me <gasps> since nice. it came out. Nice. That's a great one. So, so yeah, good. Josh and I will be recording that episode tomorrow and, and doing our, our journey to the uh, Snyder Cut of Justice League. To so the Snyder Cut? Yeah. Check it out. Y'all yeah. been posting a lot about that. Man of Steel for me is actually pretty pretty all right. Um, Batman, Batman versus Superman was terrible. I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but on a real note, how can you not love Henry Cavill? Like, let's just be real. Oh, Henry Cavill True. is great. Henry Cavill is, is probably the best part about that and, and Justice He's the League. Best Superman. Uh, He's I, also a huge nerd, and I love yes! it. Yes, he built so his own great. PC. He did. I love, I love that video of him. And I wanted something I wanted to do was have a tech person like rate the specs of the PC he was building. I'm yes. sure somebody did it. But it's like, oh, like that graphics card and that RAM, like that's great. He's gonna be able to run so much stuff. That would be great. Like honest tech review. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. No, he does, and he like is obsessed with like the things that he's been on. I just, oh, I love Henry Cavill so much. I could go on. He's a great man. Great guy. But... Totally agree, and it's um I know this is kind of a tangent, but Vin Diesel is like a huge like Dungeons and Dragons player, like he loves D and D, and it's what? just there's so many That's actors amazing. out there that are just like big tough guys, and then they're uh, you know they're huge nerds, and I they're I love soft game that. boys at Wayne home. Johnson I love it. Is a brony. That would be amazing, <laughs> dude. <laughs> That'd be uh... amazing. I love it. But oh, yeah, man. you never know who really is a gamer. I mean, there's so many uh, celebrities that. You, I mean, Robin Williams was one of them. That like he named his daughter Zelda. I mean, oh yeah, would have never known watching his movies. But um, that's always interesting. But I, I guess that's kind of all we have for today, folks. We are are really running over on a bonus round. But hey, we had a lot to talk about, so I don't regret. We a, did. I don't regret a minute of it. Um, no regrets. <laughs> there was no dead air. Uh, Dan, again, thank you so much for being on. I really want to have you on in the future. If you're interested in that Skyward Sword episode, for sure, dude. I want to get you on on that. Um, other than that, guys, uh, you know, stay positive, stay healthy, stay happy, and, uh, you know, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. So, Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> that being said, I'm <laughs> Ashley Chancellor. I'm Zachary Gio. I'm Megan Gomez. And I'm Dan Rockwood. We are Collateral Gaming. We are out. Yeah. Yay! Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.